Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 58. In this episode, some of my friends and I talk about dads. We talk about the importance of fatherhood, uh, some parenting advice. We talk a little bit about um, child psychology and then psychology more broadly. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, go ahead and give it a listen, and I hope you enjoy. All right, hey guys. Mm. Is that a giant glass of beer? <laughs> I just noticed a that. giant glass. I'd say yeah. it's a pretty it's normal more than, size. It's more than that. Medium size amount of milk. Which is I would say by it's a American glass standards, if it were water, <laughs> this is fairly large glass. For by us. American standards, this is a small. <laughs> a small uh, no, no, no. By American standards, it's one banana tall. <laughs> by a <laughs> third was, banana wide. I thought you were gonna say like <laughs> .08 school buses. <laughs> Like, how many football fields is this class of <laughs> Well, hey, man, we got a first-time human on here. It's his first time being a human. Do you have robots on often? <laughs> I mean, Miguel's here most of the time. Yep. So. I'm pretty robotic. Yeah. I get very animated. That's why. How's everybody doing? <laughs> that fell it, that it did. flat. It did. It fell it did. that flat. Wait, you should have said animatronic. said I was robotic. robotic. I thought I get pretty animated. Oh. I was too busy going back to... <laughs> he heard the joke and still didn't even... We're all thinking of the punchlines of our better jokes. <laughs> oh, not even that. I was just going to like quote someone else's joke. Um, the, what is it? The World's End? You've seen that? Yes. They, they go... With a uh, Well, robot comes from the old Slavic word, which means to be a slave. We're not slaves. Wait, does it really? Robot. I think so. Hang oh. on. This is what the podcast is about now. <laughs> Random slavery. Slavic yeah, talk about. Now we already did a podcast on slavery. We did. Yeah. Man, How we're often were robots the... brought up though? Uh, I think we talked about automation. We probably did. I don't know. I don't listen. Oh, they're going to so make sure you cover your bases. Us. Yeah. I think that's what we talked about. <clears throat> Eric, how's your week going? This uh, Monday. This Monday. Well, just started, and I guess it's it's going well. I'm alive. Wow, fascinating. Yeah. Miguel? <laughs> Likewise, <laughs> I, I woke up and the aneurysm hasn't captured me yet. Do you yeah. think about that? What? The aneurysm? Yeah. Oh, it's coming. It'll happen one day. Wow. Does it run? Is that I, don't, some, I don't even know. Is that something that runs in families? I think it runs I, in the minds of those who are characters. It runs I, say, I don't know how I feel about that mindset. <laughs> Depends on where the aneurysm happens. Sometimes it runs into your mind. I've, I've thought about that. I've thought about, like, man, this, I can those off and then that's it <laughs> i i remember no. learning about aneurysms in like seventh or eighth grade and it's like oh this can just happen to anyone yeah. at any time anywhere well hello existential nihilism yeah. like that is now my <laughs> my mo it's not so much like am i gonna go to sleep in this thing it's just like like when i have a headache it's like oh uh, is that is that oh, i got really? seconds is that seconds <clears throat> interesting seconds yeah. of oh it's like of life, life left my <laughs> actually my Bruce one Lee. of my uncles died that way <laughs> He died in the sleep right. with an aneurysm. Mm. I don't mean to bring this down, <laughs> this conversation, but when it I've, actually happened. When I've got vertigo, I'm like, I wonder if there's a tumor pressing up against the, like, balance part of my brain. Are you suffering from vertigo? I've had a couple of pretty extreme bouts of vertigo. Ooh, Christmas Day, weird. this past Christmas Day, actually. I was in I bed from... I can't stand up. Correct. Well, if I stand up, it's like everything is spinning. Oh. I had to lay in a very specific position on my left side from 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. And I just could not get out of... Or, I mean, I, I got to the couch because my whole family was over because it was Christmas. 
and uh, I had to stand up to go to the bathroom, and like I, I almost couldn't make mm-hmm. it. Like I had to get there, and then just get back to the couch, and I was like, okay, hopefully I can last another four hours or <laughs> however long this. The best. But... The best part about that story is very soon in, I will be in dead. fatherhood, oh. you'll look back at that with fondness. Yeah. Of just, I was laying in bed from seven a.m. to one p.m. <laughs> in a very specific position. <laughs> And I could. Yeah. And no one needed me to do anything else. You will look back at that with so much fondness. Uh, Mm. Way to transition us. Yeah, you're welcome. Wow. Wow, we did a transition pretty quickly there. Yeah, Yeah, this is like... This episode's all about laying in bed. Okay. All right, I can do it. (laughs) Let's talk about it. What's your favorite Uh, sleeping position? I sleep on my side. Me too. You got Uh, any back sleepers? I used to, but now I have allergies and stuff, I can't even do it. I mm. snore if I sleep on my yeah, back. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm a pretty solid back sleeper. Back sleeper, I'm man. I'm glad I'm not you make a woman. Me nervous. <laughs> because then you when have you get pregnant, nervous. you just oh. You oh, okay. Can't sleep on your I thought back. you were calling us women. No, <laughs> well, no, I, it, well, it could he's not be. a biologist. <laughs> At least could once be statistics per that support that, but I don't know. Yeah, I wonder if uh, the sexes, the, dif- the two different sexes, is that okay to say or no? Yeah, because I'm not a biologist. Uh, if they have different sleeping preferences as far as position i would say probably. maybe because i I pref- i'm a solid maybe on that i prefer as a man to sleep on the bed and then as a woman i prefer them to sleep on the floor i don't know if anybody else wow no i actually like to so <laughs> so I you're do. a woman i yeah, don't know I, it is well, nice cool. use the... carpet hardwood uh, mattress whatever is not cold so like oh, if i'm on hot holes I, I like to be hot in my sleep. A bit of nails. No hot. way. Hot? Oh, man. What is psycho. wrong with you? Yeah. Oh. Like, like, in the summer, Amanda likes to for there to be a fan in the room, like the ceiling it's fan. It's normal. I'm under, like, sheet, comforter, and weighted blanket. Wait, wow. are you wearing socks? No, no, okay. no. That's the sign of a murder. That's a bridge too far. <laughs> that's too that's, far. Too that's far. a psychopath. That's a great movie. Seems about the same. I don't know. Do yeah, you like, like the dampness? Is the dampness the... No, it, no I'm, not, I'm not saying sweating? I want to be, like, sweating, but, like, I want to be, like... In, in, a, in, a, in a womb, still. Yeah, yeah sure. Well, I mean, That's everybody... Nobody like. wants to be cold when they sleep, but typically... I'd like to be warm. I, I think I want they the like it to be cold. To be cold. No, yeah, exactly. So that you can be warm, because no. if the room is already warm, there's nowhere to go. Yeah, no, that. if the room's warm, it's great. I just don't sleep with a blanket, and I'm, like, at peace. I have to sleep At least a sheet, right? Uh, if there's air moving yeah. with, yes, with a sheet. You need a sheet. There needs to be something between you and the rest of the room. No. I, I agree. 100%. Okay. No, if, if like, if there's a fan so on, naked. or if like I'm you're sleeping hot. outside and there's a breeze kind of thing, yeah, sheet. Or like with the window open, sheet. Window open? I don't know. No, I don't, I don't, I don't, see, I don't You want a breeze, but yet you also want no, 15 covers. I like you. to be hot versus cold. So you, I so, thought you said if there's a breeze, then you can. Well, do it that's man. because Amanda. Uh, you're saying because Amanda wants it cold. Yeah, Amanda. So likes you it cold. have to have layers on. You. Yeah, that's. Uh, so you don't get to choose the room temperature. No, you just get to choose your body temperature. I like it. Yeah, cold fan running. I like to be cold, but like my body's hot, but like my face is cold, or my body is. You know, I think I know yes. exactly what you mean. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like my body's wrapped up, my face is poking out, and yeah. it's being like blasted by a fan. Yes. That's exactly <laughs> how it is. That's right. Yeah, I, guess, I mean, if we're on this topic, we gotta <laughs> we gotta ask. I mean, tuck in for the feet, or you pull those oh. bad boys off for. I, for I think that matters feet. how warm it is in the house. 
Like the I don't fear like that, cold feet. If, if I am warm, I'll poke my feet out in order to bring my core body Ooh. temperature. It's well, not even necessarily do you poke your feet out, but do you keep the bed tucked in? Oh, the blanket tucked in? The blanket oh. tucked in. No, no it's not untucked. No, oh, like, like, no. mili- like military corners on the bed? Well, even if you make your bed, even if it's untucked, there's just going to be a lot of weight on your feet. So I got to kick those up yeah, so that there's exactly. like a good foot yeah. on top mm-hmm. of my foot already. Mm-hmm. Again, you need some slack here's, down there. here's the telltale sign there are bodies. Uh, I like to sleep with my feet hanging off the bed. Yo, but you're, I scoot, you're short. I scoot. So yeah. Where scoot, is your head? I scoot. I scoot down. I scoot down to where my feet hang are like over the mattress, and then yeah. Is but I, so I your wife's head? Corners. How how many inches? Above, I the top my of her head face is probably level head. with some of my favorite parts. Oh, I tried to phrase dude. that in a way where we could just talk about inches, but I like the ambiguity because we don't know exactly yeah, what the he's back talking of about. The knee. Yeah. No, I'm no. no, I'm. Wait, so are you like below, just below neck? How how much okay. dangling? Like you're, it's not like your knees are folded. No, over. no, no. Like my like my ankles are. Why? Ah, it's comfortable to me. That's paranoia for me. Something's gonna grab me. Yeah, I don't live my life in fear, Eric. A monster. You're just thinking uh, about aneurysms. aneurysms. <laughs> Or maybe you've just Bedroom already know no. that it's gonna happen, so you're not. Yeah, I'm at, I'm at peace with the aneurysm. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a game. Me and the fact. aneurysm are our friends. Jeez. I will welcome oh, it. Man. How I... wild that like one of us could have an aneurysm in here over the course of the next hour or okay, so. so you're and then it would just be a story that. the rest of us oh, like. God. Imagine your your life is now just a story that four other guys just tell their friends. At, I don't like, know if you are just stuff, that you know? story. No, you are that, also no. that story. That's the sum of your life. That's what I was saying when I almost almost <clears throat> killed you with an arrow. Yeah, <laughs> I think you have a little bit to learn about fatherhood then. If uh, the sum of your hey, life is now just we're the, uh, we're officially we're transitioned, I and now we've met our banter stomach. quota. So, yeah, we have. So, so you're you're aware. But I'm going to try to sleep like Miguel, mm. and just see how ridiculous it is. I don't think you should. I keep I keep hospital, but here's the I keep hospital or hospital or military corners on. You my tried. Bed. So it's tight. So like this. This is even more okay. Let's get to the. Do you immediately get in the bed and kick the corners out? No, there's no nothing way. more satisfying than getting into like a perfectly made bed and be like, trot, trot, trot. no, <laughs> trash. Oh, like every single corner, not not just like the corner you're sleeping on. Every single thing has to the be fitted sheets. No, no <laughs> way. Take the pillows oh, out of their cases. Wreck the bed for the maid the next day. It's like the entire every sheet are... is moved. You gotta earn it. <laughs> No way. Is this only in hotels, like, like, or like do you have a maid at home, too? <laughs> yes. I don't make it at home. What's the point? I'm going to, like... Right, you're not married yet. I forgot. Right. Like... <laughs> mm, you gotta figure out if Molly is a bed maker. I think... uh, Can you be married and not make your bed? Is that... I thought that is was that against the law. <laughs> yeah, I make uh, the bed. Amanda doesn't like making the bed. Nicole insists that the bed be made. Wow. But I also wake up first, so it's like, all right, if you want it made, when you wake up, you can make it. That is I don't, I don't, I don't want to disturb you. I don't want to disturb you by making my half. Why'd you make half a bed anyway? So. That's funny. So anyway, uh, I'm going to be a first-time dad soon, or am. I guess it depends on your views on abortion. Where fatherhood but, uh, Just like <laughs> And then our good buddy over here. First, first time, time first time guest. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute. Now we have a. You prefer to go by Dan, right? Yep. Okay. And then we got Daniel over there, who's mm. almost about to be married. Uh, but then we got Dan over they here. They both don't prefer to be called Dan. 
No, he yeah, prefers you, you're a Daniel. Daniel. Yeah. You prefer Daniel? He does. Why don't you okay. bring that up? He's in just too nice. Because it really it matters. really makes people upset when they've been calling you the wrong name. I'm not calling him the wrong name. I don't I don't mind between the two. Like I don't care either. You just way. said you prefer Daniel. I love how it's like yeah. you've made me upset to be calling <laughs> yeah. you the wrong name. I am not Well, especially because he is a Dan. Mm. Right. Yeah, sorry. So Daniel, I don't know. Um, when, you, when you don't care between the two, you like 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 a slight preference towards. It's mm. like it's not like you would hate vanilla ice cream if you like chocolate. It's just like I would prefer chocolate, but both are great. Anyway, so, but everyone reacts to the, the way like like I secretly hate being called Dan. Like I like being called Dan. Okay, well, it's just you've been, Daniel. I've been living a lie, and it's your <laughs> fault. <laughs> uh, so Dan is uh, about to have his second baby. Yeah, Miguel, father of three. June twenty sixth, but don't ask me to do the math because I don't yeah, no. don't want to. <laughs> Ninety no wait. How many school buses? <laughs> How many school buses until eighty eighty someday? Uh anyway. I'll take your word for it. Eighty four? No. Ever since no we did the countdown on the wedding, I am off of countdowns. Mm -hmm. I just I can't do it. Yeah, just I had a countdown app on my phone for the wedding. Uh oh, really? but, guess who else has a countdown? <clears throat> probably this guy. good. Good, that's when it's appropriate. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. like, and never again. This is your one free You pass. can count down this one time. I'll let Nicole do the counting for the babies. Um, but, yeah, so I wanted to talk a little bit about fatherhood and not just, you know, getting fatherly advice, but also the importance of fatherhood. And uh, I know that I feel like that's a fast track to a lot of people's, um, for lack of a better word, like trauma is like asking them about their relationship with their dad. Uh, I'm also going to edit in the sound of tiny children playing outside. You Isn't know, that perfect? A, I know, right? It's for dramatic Com effect. Ambience. <laughs> yeah. Um, ambience. Yeah, and uh, I, I mean, I feel like I had a pretty good relationship with my dad, but I, I still feel like if I, if I wind up talking about it a lot, I wind up going to some pretty, like, some places in my psyche that I feel like I rarely go. You know, so I just yeah. feel like I'd put all you guys in a position of um, non-consensual vulnerability and force you to do that. Yeah. So, who wants to get jiggy with it? You are going to finish the milk, too. Oh, my goodness. Dude, I'm going to get another <laughs> glass after this. So well, okay, hold on. Another glass. And is that after your shake for the afternoon? Or I've had, we well, my, my shake is my lunch. Right, but that was yeah. that's still like two quarters mm -hmm. Or two thirds milk. It's a lot. It's a lot of milk. Yeah. Isn't that like a gonna help create some kidney stone for you? No, you're thinking of sweet tea. But isn't kidney stone just calcium? I'm not choosing to acknowledge this, Eric. <laughs> yeah, but so milk like also has lactic acid, which okay. is the opposite of a base, so it'll break down calcium deposits. Oh, okay. Right? That's good. No idea. <laughs> that could be true. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it could just be a lie we tell ourselves. Who knows? Yeah. So Eric's gonna go first. No, you said the word so. Oh my god. Uh, what are we talking? Uh, uh, just tell me about your father. My father. Yeah. My relationship with my. I father? didn't know that I was walking into <clears throat> group therapy. therapy. That's all we do in here is group therapy. There's something therapeutic about it. Um. So like my relationship with my father. That's what specifically. I mean, you can't. I, I'm like I can go first just because I feel like I might want to model. I'm not trying to get people to get weird, but uh. Why don't you male model this? Why don't you model this? <laughs> um, and then you know also also to talk about 
where things can go right and where things can go wrong and maybe to to get myself ready for some of what's coming um so like for example with my dad uh, i was raised in church i was raised um you know in the faith and everything and it's like there are a lot of things i could criticize my dad about um but he worked really hard we really didn't have a lot and so he wasn't around a lot but i never resented him for that because i knew that like he was working so that we could have groceries and you know a house and all that kind of stuff um but still it's like i i remember especially when i started getting to be like you know 20 21 22 really mourning the fact that i didn't get more time with him even while i was living with him and now it's not like he's it's not like he's passed on or it's not like he's that far away but we just still don't have a super close relationship and so i feel like uh there's a lot of wisdom that it's like you know you can get wisdom from other fathers in the church and you know the whole titus 2 thing and what is it uh like first timothy 5 somewhere around there where it talks about you know treating the older men in your church as fathers and and so you can find a lot of wisdom from those people, but it's like, you know, your dad, he's known you your entire life. And so he can speak into your life with a, like a specificity that your pastor or your best buddy who is a dad or, you know, these other people uh, can't really do. And um, it's like, I also see what wound up happening with uh, my wife's parents, where it's like she had a dad who worked really hard and then her mom wound up really resenting him because he was always gone, you know? And my, that never happened with my mom. Um, but it's like she resented him. She wound up leaving him. And uh, it's like, okay, how do I balance well the need to be, you know, out in the world working, um, providing? And then also, like, I want to be spending intimate time with my, with my wife, with my daughter, with whatever other... Uh, you know, additions wind up coming into our home. That's one major thing, I think. With I think that's the main thing with me. The main, like, regret that I have about my relationship with my dad is that I just didn't really get time with him. You know, he never beat me. He never... I mean, you know, he spanked me, but, like, he never... Uh, he rarely even raised his voice. He's just temperamentally not like that. Um, but it's like, man, I, I, I remember a very small handful of days where we went to, like, an arcade or we went fishing or something... And it's like, man, I really would have valued more of that kind of time, you know? So, thoughts? How are you going to psychoanalyze me? Now that you know this about me. Um, not everything we can psychoanalyze. Um, but I think that, that uh, I think that's relatable. Mm. Um... Well, I just want to say, like, I, I you know, there's uh, so cliche, but it's like, there's no, like, manual mm -hmm. on being a parent. And uh, so sometimes you're Nobody's focused... ever written a book on parenting. <laughs> um, it's just like, you know, some people might just focus on the different. <laughs> this ambiance. <laughs> it literally sounds like someone's playing nature sound. I know. <laughs> There's no way that's a real there is nature out there. I feel like we, we gotta pull out a banjo and start talking to the southern girl now. Um, anyways, I'm happy. <laughs> um, I think that just you 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 focus on different things, uh, and you might have a rationale for it. You know, like if your dad was away, he's like, well, you know, this is bringing mm -hmm. food on the table, and you might just not be thinking 
the other consequences for being mm-hmm. away, you know? So that's relatable. You obviously want to spend time with your parents. Uh, I think for, especially as a father and a son, that, that relationship, you know, uh, you, like, like for me, you know, my, my mom, like it was very cliche in my household. Like my mom was more of a nurturer. Mm-hmm. My, my dad was, was not, and mm-hmm. he was distant. Um, to some degree, but I think that that was also generational because like his dad had it really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And I, I never, uh, knew that really as a kid, but like, um, by the time I think he was 18, like both his biological, this is my grandfather, both mm-hmm. his biological, uh, mother and father, and then the stepmother, mm-hmm. all of them had passed away and he wow. was taking care of his half siblings Oh wow! and he moved to they were in, at the time Lebanon, and then they moved to Africa, and he was just basically figuring it out. Mm. So he was not easy on his family, and a story that's always told that, like, is a great example of, like, how sometimes he could just be really extreme, I guess, with, with his discipline, I guess, was just that, um, I don't know what happened, I guess it was an argument or whatever, but he he packed his whole family, so it's his wife and his kids, and they ended up having, like, seven kids. Not his half-siblings? So no, this, this, is... this he's already married now. Oh, okay. Yeah, this and, is... and this is in Africa. I don't know if this is Africa where in or Africa in Senegal. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, it was uh, West Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it was there in France because they eventually moved to France. Maybe it was. I think it was there because yeah, it, it would have been too old if it was. There. But anyways, uh, he packs his whole family up in the car um, and drops them off at a hotel. <laughs> He's like, uh, I'm done with you. <laughs> so then he just goes Yeah, he was just not happy. Something happened. Mm. But that's not like all he was, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and his like, I met one of his... Was that the end of the story, though? Yeah. like, Well, yeah, he didn't like, beat anybody. Or no, anything. I mean, he didn't come did... back? Or... Oh, yeah, he did. Okay. <laughs> he came... That's... Yeah, oh, that's the end of the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. No, he, the next day he came and picked him up, okay. but he was just like so fed up. He's like, look, if I'm not happy... And nobody's gonna be happy. Like I, mm. I run the house basically. Mm. Wow. I was like in that. Uh, so I know that you know. Obviously, that's the kind of environment my dad was raised in, and that's not like the only thing that my grandfather. Mm. Like there was um, kindness shown, but sometimes he could be very, very strict. But for my dad, you know, I think what not only that, but what also affects the relationship was the fact that he moved here mm. um, with my mom after he got married and tried to start a life here, mm. and. Uh, I think I mentioned this before in a podcast, but that was in Miami during the 80s. Mm. And they got to see the Wild West as it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I've appreciated that much more as an adult. It's like, because my dad has always been worried about being stable and secure and, like, n- nothing bad's going to happen. And just, I guess, very success-driven because he believed, like, if you're successful. And it was a, it was a particular kind especially like he did he wanted us to do good in school he would not accept if we did bad in school and it was all so that at the end we could be rich happy and not have to worry about anything hmm. which i understand now as an adult why he was like that ha- having what he experienced with his father and like what his father had experienced but also just coming here as an immigrant and like things going bad like almost immediately mm. you know so it's like i appreciate that but on the the negative side to that is like is very critical and i know that that's had i mean i have issues and my, and my siblings have issues we all have issues because of that mm. um 
not so much like not so much anymore for me but like i know that my siblings my brother and sister the idea of being successful and perception mm. and all that stuff um while it can be a good thing it also it, it can be very negative it, it mm. may get really stressed out mm. and it's like uh but i get just stressed out because my dad's just so critical and i, I hate it mm. you know it's like just stop but mm. uh, on the other hand like i'm willing to listen to him and i can i think i can shoulder it better mm. um but he just yeah i think that that's probably where the issues lie with me and my dad but like we lo like one of the things that we we always do together which i really appreciate has to do with like soccer we're always watching soccer together we're always mm. speaking uh talking about soccer we can talk about politics and and like just world events and all that stuff and it's not just my dad i feel like it's just with my family like we we can have intellectual conversations and mm. i feel like there's a lot of that where i bond with him and then i also ask a lot about our family and that's another way i bond with him is hearing mm. his story because mm -hmm. this I didn't know, like, my dad liked to go hunting in Africa. You hunt boar. And I'm like, I had no idea you even hmm. held a gun in your life, you know? Hmm. But, yeah. Did he hunt with a, with a gun? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And, Dude, uh, there's a guy I know who would hunt boar with a knife and a oh. rope. Okay. <laughs> like, you tie a snare. Right. And then you hold it out in front of you, and you lure the hog to charge you. Oh, my And gosh. then when its front legs get in the snare, you pull it up, and you gut it. Like, you go for the guts with the knife. What you have a backup gun? <laughs> I'm guessing he had a sidearm or something. But like, he what couldn't... happens when this boar is too heavy to just yeah, wrench up I was with say. water? Well, I mean, it's Florida. It's not like you're up north where the hogs will be like, you know, 200 pounds. It's like a wild boar in Florida is probably maxing out at like 50 pounds. Okay. okay. Hot weather, smaller animals. Yeah. You know? I didn't know that. That seems yeah. true. Oh, yeah. It's like a lot less elk, ferocious when you say it that Elk, way. caribou is all up north. And then the white-tailed deer down here are small. That's interesting. And same thing with like bears. The bigger ones are all further north, and yeah. hogs, and like I think all mammals, mm. like even people. You know, you think of like the Norse, and then you think of like pygmies. You know, in Indonesia and everything. But mm. anyway, well, what about I really thought you were joking about the people part, and then you no, said that second <laughs> part was like, yeah, that's actually probably yeah. It, it has to do with uh, like, like, I think it has something to do with like, like surface area of skin and being able to release heat. So, mm -hmm. uh, anyway. Oh, no, I was, that's, that's, I yeah. would say, like, that's maybe an issue. I, I And I I uh, was recently getting into an argument. My, my dad's just super skeptical, but when we talked about Enneagram mm -hmm. and stuff, like, my dad and I, I know that we're both six, so we're, we're both skeptical. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, like, it's just annoying when oh, that's yeah. all he, like, the conversation is, is him being skeptical. Like, mm -hmm. and, and it's so irrational sometimes. Like, I'll go see a doctor about something. Like, I, you know, I have a cough. And he and he's like worried about it. I'm like, no, I I've seen a doctor. It's allergies. And he's like, yeah, but how do you know? You know, and it's like, mm. okay, well, they're a doctor. And they're <laughs> not a doctor. Like when I was a kid, like stuff would happen or whatever, and he would blame it on like the dog having fleas. And I'm like, this has nothing to do with fleas. Uh. The dog doesn't even have fleas. It's just like he comes up with these irrational mm. theories and stuff, and it just gets annoying. And I I don't want. I'm I'm like I'm too old to have arguments with my dad. And I, mm. I'm like, you're too old to be having arguments. Just enjoy your life. Mm. You know, that's just what I want to tell him. But th those are the issues. But th we, do, we do get along on a lot of stuff. I just, um, you know, to what you were saying about maybe not spending enough time. Like, I, I feel that sometimes. Or I'm like, man, I wish I got along more. Mm. 
mm. like I related more. Mm. There have been times where I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to say or, or whatnot. Mm. Uh, but also, I've really come to appreciate them, and I'm really thankful for my parents mm. and my dad, especially. Hope your mom doesn't hear that. <laughs> no, you can speak on my mom too. But I'm just talking about dad. That's next week. That's when next I week. become a mom. <laughs> then Nicole, talk about becoming a, a mom. Nah. No. <laughs> Is a dudes only podcast. Mm. No, she's been on before. Is it near the Hercules Woman Haters Club? Oh, oh yeah, the He Man Woman Haters, Haters, Haters Club. That's from uh, the Little Rascals. Rascals. Little Rascals. Yeah. Dear oh, wow. Darla, I hate your stinking guts. <laughs> You're scum between my toes. And that was delivered by a kid, right? Yeah. To your house. Yeah. Well, it's complicated. I watched that movie a lot when I was a kid. Remember that whole scenario. Anybody else? Fatherly advice or anything? Fatherly advice? Or just talking about dad? I don't know. I think personality has a huge thing. Like, what kind of what, going off of what Eric was talking about, like, personality is going to definitely impact how you, how you are as a father. My dad is very, very introverted and also just very, in his thinking, very idiosyncratic. He's mm. very in his own head and the ways he's thinking about things. Um, and so there, was a, there wasn't there was ever a time where I feel like my dad was, like, distant or cold or, like, standoffish where he didn't want to talk and, like, he was very relationally connected. However, he didn't want to be alone a lot. Mm. Like, cause, just because he was super introverted. And so he's, like, at work all day dealing with a lot of people. And, like, I, I remember when he took the... The Myers-Briggs, like, he was, like, off the charts introverted, <laughs> which I was not expecting, because I knew a lot of our family, like, pro are prone towards where he's like that, so just, he would want his time where he just could be in, you know, like, the, the den, <laughs> watching TV, um, and so that was always the tough thing for, for us. And he like, wanted the kids there. What's that? He in, wanted the kids in the house as well. In the den with him? No. Or, no, he just wanted to be home. Okay. Just oh. wanted to be, like, having having some time to, like, decompress, and so <laughs> we'd have dinner together, and, but the thing is, like, as soon as we, like, finish, finish eating, everyone would finish eating, and so, like, you know, we would, we would kind of stick around and talk for a little bit extra, but he would be, like, up and then straight mm. down to, and that was kind of his, mm. his habit. We would talk to him about that, like, you know, could you stay a little bit longer? And he's grown a lot in that, and I, so I, I really respect my dad in the ways that he has modeled that a man grows over time. Instead of just being like, this is it, I've, I've arrived, of being like, hey, mm. I'm still working on myself, and I'm not perfect um, and I'm, I'm stri try striving to be better. But I think that's something that, like, I think it's a common thing that comes up in the last couple that have been shared about fathers is, uh, time and distance, mm. not feeling as connected. Um, uh, so I think that's something that, how would you go about trying to remedy the, the distance, the feel, You're saying like now with my dad, or are you saying like to I'm solve saying, it in the next saying, generation yeah, with saying, my now, like you're your face with being being a father. How would you try to have an open door instead of being like, you know, what, I got this this work to do. Or I got this thing to do. Uh, I mean, not not to get too ahead of myself, but part of me is like, so like when when I got married, um, I had the very conscious thought of like, I don't I don't think that affection is going to be an issue for me. Like, I don't think withholding affection or, like, being becoming cold or whatever is going to be an issue for me. And, you know, by God's grace, that's wound up being the case. Like, 
Nicole and I are both very affectionate. And so like we, we tell each other, we love each other. We compliment, not like just, you know, Hey, nice hat or whatever. But like, you know, we just, we, we, we voice our appreciation for each other a lot. Like when, when we're doing something, like when she's doing something that I appreciate, I try, I make it a point to acknowledge that. Cause it's like, if you want that behavior to continue to show up. And then if she does something where I'm like, huh, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Like I strike up a conversation. It's like, okay, you did this. Is this indicative that this other thing? And we're just very open and we communicate and kind of like what you were saying with personality and temperament. It's like, I don't see my mm-hmm. dad being a very, um, like introspective guy mm-hmm. or like, Hey, let's have like Eric, you were saying, and I was kind of like jealous of it. It's like, you're saying me and my dad can have really deep intellectual conversations mm-hmm. And like, I don't feel like I really do that. We might talk politics sometimes, but I very much, uh, I, I feel like I can pretty much predict what he's going to say about a certain issue. And I don't think he makes it a point to think very deeply about those things. And that's fine. But it's like, even if we could talk really deeply about our faith and, you know, our, our, uh, walk with God and, and like him giving me marriage advice or fathering advice. Um, I don't feel like I got a lot of that out of him. And I think, I don't think it's him being withholding. I really do think that he's also just pretty introverted. Like mm-hmm. he was, he was the kind of guy like come home, dinner's ready. And like, you know, uh, you know, we'd eat and then pretty much he'd go to the living room and to his chair and watch the Andy Griffith show, mm-hmm. you know? And like, if I, I, if I went to him and said, I wanted to talk about something, I'm sure he would have obliged me. But it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to be the initiator when you're six or whatever you <laughs> yeah. are. Um, but honestly, I think of, so again, not to get ahead of myself, but when I think of my relationship with my daughter, one, I don't know what her temperament is going to be because, correct me if I'm wrong, dads, but like from what I hear, they pretty much come out of the box already with a semblance of a personality. And you can shape it, but like, you know, you might have like just a really tightly wound kid that it's just going to always be high energy and that's fine. Or, you know, they're going to be mischievous or they're going to be quiet or coy or whatever it is. So I don't know what her temperament is going to be like, but I just, I can't think of my future with her not being one where I'm down on the floor playing with her and like, Mm -hmm. you know, reading books to her and just having little starter conversations about like, Hey, uh, you know, you know, about God, but like, because we're eating an apple and like, you know, you look at the apple and it's like, Oh, look at the peel and the seeds. And you're explaining things and talking about how God made different things. And, uh, just, it's hard for me to imagine a relationship with my, let's say three or four year old daughter where that's not present. Now, again, I have no idea what it's going to wind up being like. I want that. Uh, Maybe she won't like me. Like, I've heard of that happening, too, where it's like the kid just really takes a lot to one parent and is kind of, you know, standoffish around the other one. Uh, I hope that doesn't happen. Um, But, yeah, so I, I think a lot of that's just my personality is less uh introverted and less Mm -hmm. withdrawn and more like hey let you know let's have a conversation together almost like i'll probably be the one pestering her you know when she's nine and she just wants to be left alone and i don't know Mm -hmm. listen to whatever the newest version of backstreet boys is it's like 
I'll be the one saying, hey, hey, let's have a conversation about, I don't know, theonomy <laughs> or something, you know, uh, or whatever it is. That's my thoughts. I don't know what it will wind up being. I don't know if either of you present day dads want to weigh in and say, well, here's been my experience or. Well, I'm just curious, like, if you guys can kind of talk about maybe. Like, if it's true, like they come right out of the box with a personality and then if like you recognize that's more your wife or you and what do you think about that? I find that interesting. I would hope that they come out with a personality because otherwise <laughs> what you do has a serious impact <laughs> very, very quickly. It's all on me. <laughs> yeah. In ways that seem unfair. So I, I would definitely subscribe to there's a large impact on nature and nurture as mm. far as what your kids are like and more nature in the beginning. Mm. You know, they say that really young, they start to pick up the habits of you as well. But I think uh, I think Jessica and I are pretty pretty low energy, uh, and that is not my son at all. So I don't know <laughs> if I buy that either. <laughs> well, that would be the nurture, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know so, how much of an effect yeah. it has mm-hmm. in the early stages. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there's some, mm-hmm. definitely some. Yeah, I think I think uh, I agree with you, Dan, and I think. Uh, with that being said, it's just best to go in with, like, the best intentions mm. and to, like, have, like, a game plan of, like, what you want to do, fully ready to throw that out the window yeah. mm. versus being, like, well, I'll just Committed. come in. yeah. Yeah, like, like yeah, like, you don't want to go in and just be, like, well, like, we'll just see what happens when yeah. baby comes around. Like, have the plan, but just be, like, ready to... Flexible. To, yeah. yeah, like, hey, you know, like, this just doesn't happen or mm. this does happen, you know, like... You know, we had every intention of reading bedtime stories mm. to all mm. of them. But, like, by the time we're at, like, kid number three, we're like, yeah, you'll hear us, like... What am I reading three stories a night? <laughs> yeah, well, it's not even that. It's just, like, it's like between, like, bedtimes and getting kids down and yeah, stuff like that. It's yeah. like, it, you know, if we need this to happen before meltdowns and, you know, mm. between bath times and dinners and everything, mm. it's like, you know, and, uh, you know, so it's just, it's one of those things that's, like, the unfortunate truth of the matter is, like, Amelia hears us reading the takeout menu more than she probably hears <laughs> us reading a book, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's just with those things, it's like, you he- like, you hear like, oh, you read to your kid every night, their IQ goes up like 20 points and stuff, and you're like, I don't know, I don't sure. buy that i especially like 20 I, 20 I, I'm, is I'm, I'm making up but like freakish, but you know yeah. they, they say like you know like oh you should read your kid you know every day and you know they'll they'll like read know 500 kid. words by the time they're x years old or whatever mm. you know it's like it's just like yeah but you know what like 300 years ago we didn't even have like books in wide circulation mm. uh and we somehow made it mm. to the moon yeah, you know, yeah, but I think the years ago, I think the books were there. Not three hundred years ago, but <laughs> there was you know, a there's a big uh, moon, yeah. you know, no, but like, technology really went up after books, though. So no, 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 <laughs> like it's valid. But I'm just saying, like it's one of those things. Is like I do think that there's so much pressure that's put onto parents. Oh, for sure. That it's just like at some point, somebody like you just need to be given the permission to survive. Mm. Like, hey, it's okay if your kid didn't get a bath. 
like you know they'll live you'll live you mm. know it's okay if you need to step away from your screaming child that's been screaming for three hours if it means that you won't lose your mind and make a mistake you know and and that's just not up, done put them in the dishwasher you know no. take the take the shelves out no but 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 people do like like it's a legitimate like you know and like i think people even cringe when they hear it but like like i it's a it's a standard 911 operator thing of like put your child in the closet lock the door and step outside the house please like if you are getting to the point where like you are so angry and so frustrated that you are possibly going to shake your child put them in the closet <laughs> you know mm. and step out before you like cause permanent brain damage to your kid not because you're trying to hurt them but because you're just so frustrated Frustrated. it's just like like just the gesture of like oh is enough to like bang the brain you know i gotta get an exterior lock for my closet (laughs) you don't want them to be able to get out i can't i can't hear that so i don't worry i'm not judging you like this but it's like i can't hear that without thinking of carrie oh yeah oh my gosh the stephen king yeah i've never seen it yeah but yeah, like, yeah. but no, and like, I mean, thank God I've never had to do that. But like, I've definitely been like, and you're going to be crying and you will live. Mm-hmm. And that is okay for right now. I am going to take a quick step to the kitchen yeah. and open the fridge door and stare for 10 minutes. I, I was talking to a dad <laughs> I was talking to a dad at our church about like sleep training. And he said he's talking to his pediatrician and, and they were saying, yeah, what you do is like, you know, it, it Around the time they're, was it like 10 weeks old or something, you start uh, putting them in the closet and you just put them in there at, or, you know, in their bassinet or whatever. And you put them in there at 7 p.m. And you don't, like, you know, you have a baby monitor and everything so you can tell if they're, you know, on their back and they've thrown up or whatever it is, like, God forbid. But uh, it's like, you know, you you put their monitor on and you just don't let them out until uh, 7 a.m. And it's like, you, you know, you let them cry. And, you know, a bunch of parents do it a bunch of different ways. But he and his wife were like, well, okay, well, under what circumstances, like, might we need to go in there? And he said, my pediatrician just looked at us like we were stupid. He was like, never. You never go in. I mean, you know, if you see something is wrong, but, like, it's like it doesn't, if they're crying or, like, however loud they are, it's like you just, and he said, and again, I'm guessing temperament is a thing. And uh, he and his wife are very even keel, and it seems like his kids have inherited that. She's like, man, I got my fingers crossed that mm. our baby takes after Nicole, because if they take after my side, like both me and my sister, I think we were pretty uh, cantankerous. Mm. But uh, anyway, you said that you know after after about three days per kid, like after the third night, like they they just understood like as much as I cry. I'm not getting out of here. And so they just would be chill from seven to seven. He says all three of them, like, you know, that they would get 12 hours of the day where it was just the two of them, basically. And I'm like, okay, I don't feel like I have any right to expect that. I'm going to kind of like what Miguel, you had said about, uh, you know, go in with a plan, but be ready to yeah. adjust, you know, don't be so married to the plan that, uh, you know, you're not willing to see what's right in front of your face. Well, think... It was two months for us, in case you're wondering. On yeah, he for... s- he said his doctor said eight weeks, and they were like, "I don't feel ready," <laughs> so they waited until uh, ten weeks. No, two months of oh, of crying, of crying. Wow, for thirty minutes to an hour every night. Wow, yeah, man, mm. 
Mm. Oh, yeah. stick to the program. Lucas went through a phase where he would not not cry for longer than fifteen minutes that night. Whoa. Like the longest, he would not not okay yeah. so, so like the, the longest, the longest window of silence, of silence was fifteen minutes. Yo, how do oh, you yeah. how do you soundproof a closet? Mm. <laughs> like that's what I really lots of clothes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was gonna say There's clothes. Material, that like would be though, where you can yeah, if you were that serious yeah. about it. Get some of those cushions and staple them to the inside of the door. Yeah. No, but I, I mean, like it. It's it's just one of those things that's like I think people go in so committed to or like so like dreamy-eyed of mm. like this is gonna be what it's like and it's just gonna be baby cuddles and it's like mm. no like lucas was super colicky and mm. it took us a while to figure out what the heck the issues yeah. were and why he was so upset and it's like and that doesn't necessarily go away like mm. you know they get older and things you know mm. uh yesterday jonah had a meltdown because we gave him food in uh think it was a green bowl instead of a teal bowl <laughs> and he really wanted the teal bowl yeah kids are dumb man. and like and and like and sometimes you're just in between a rock and a hard place where it's like okay i think i think we gave lucas the blue bowl which we could have easily have argued like it's the teal bowl here but if we would have swapped it then mm. we would have had the five-year-old melting down instead mm. so it's just like all right someone's melting down and that is how our day is going to begin and it's just mm. like like we you just can't be so mm. like dreamy eyed that's like mm. I, I think that I think that's where a lot of like the postpartum I and there absolutely is a medical significance to postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. I'm not dismissing that at all. Uh. But I do think that that plays a role into it where it's like, oh, I thought motherhood was just gonna be like mm. a light switch flips and like mm. all of and it's like, no, like you will probably love your child but <laughs> probably there are those statistically there are those terrible it's a greater than 50 percent like you will probably love your child but you will absolutely have periods where you will not like your child yeah and like and it's a it's a hard reality of it and it's like but that's okay uh. you know like i just understand that you're the adult and that like hey my child doesn't have the same capabilities as I do to cope emotionally with a blue bowl versus a green bowl versus a teal bowl. Mm. And so just like only get the same color bowls. Yeah. That's is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Uh, good luck. They don't, they, <laughs> in their wisdom, they decided multicolor is the way to sell uh, things. Mm. Uh-huh. But just yeah, buy like, seven of them and yeah. throw away <laughs> and gift out, yeah. or or find no, seven other families also in need of bowls. Yeah. <laughs> like, but yeah, I think like like that's just the the mm. hard truth of it. It's like it's hard and it sucks and it's painful, but it's also super rewarding. Mm. And there's no amount of planning that you can do on any side of it. Mm. Like all three of my kids are vastly different, mm. and like. Some are super like me, and it's great, and mm. it's also probably the biggest curse for them ever, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, I know uh, you. Exactly. That's exactly it. It's, I know what you're doing because it's how I was doing yeah. things, or it's how I would do things. Mm. And so, like, one, you're not giving them the benefit of the doubt at all, and two, you're not, you're already determining for them in some mm. ways. Like, maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe they're, Maybe they're making the same decision. But they don't know why or they haven't thought it out but you're mm. already making that thought process for them mm. you know there's a um 
so Jordan Peterson's book, 12 Rules for Life, he's got one of his chapters is called uh, Don't Let Don't Your do Children things. Do Things That Make You Dislike Them. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I he he makes a really good um, like set of arguments and he kind of draws it out. And I talk to my students sometimes about like the whole... So, you know, we, we say spare the rod and... Spoil the child. We all say spoil the child, but the Bible doesn't say that. Right, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says if you spare the rod, you hate your child. Right. And uh, and I so I, I'll talk to my students, and it's like you know rod, you know discipline. You know I I think physical discipline is definitely necessary at times, but then it's not like that's the only thing you do. Yada yada disclaimer. Um, but I said you know can you? So I'll tell my students, can you think of someone that you hate that you really really do not like? And it's like okay, imagine that you had the power to snap your fingers and now that person nobody likes them it's like would you do that and they're like oh yeah i would totally do that like i could you know and it's, these are high school freshmen so they're probably about as mean as they're ever going to be mm-hmm. but they're like oh yeah i would do that you like you snap your fingers and now nobody likes them it's like okay if you're an adult you have the power to turn your child into someone that no one likes right it's mm-hmm. like you have the power to turn your child and you know they they can be disobedient and colicky out of the box and and they can be defiant, but it's like you have the power to ensure that your child is the type of entitled, spoiled, uh, just has never been told no uh, kind of brat that everyone, when they see them coming, they're just going to be like, oh my gosh, it's this guy. And like, you know, can you like, okay, we're just going to have to put up with him for a, for a while. And like, that's going to be that person's life on in on into adulthood, because a lot of those traits, they don't grow out of you know especially if they don't have the right types of peers to call them out as they get older but it's like you know i want to try as much as possible to um i guess you know your one of your jobs as a parent is to civilize your kids it's like you're taking a a squawking parrot or like a dog or something that's just totally savage and rambunctious and it's like i gotta teach this kid how to use a fork and i gotta teach them how to you know, read, like read literature and appreciate it and all those sorts of things. And that's, that's a very, very long process, but it's like, you know, you just have so much power as a parent to build a relationship with someone from scratch. Like they, you know them from day one and you get to build their impression of you over the course of, you know, the 18 years or so that they live with you. And then, you know, even beyond that, because it's like, I, I think, Part of me is thought like, oh, I'm, I'm entering into a new chapter in my life in the next, you know, 18 years. It's going to be, you know, at least the three of us, if not more. Um, and then I'm thinking like, no, this is this is the rest of my life because she's going to be a part of my life, God willing, until I'm dead. Like she'll be one of the she'll probably be a mom at my death side, like at my deathbed, you know, like maybe holding my hand while I'm taking my last breaths. And that's like chilling mm. to think that I have an opportunity starting in a couple weeks to start trying to cultivate and build the person that's going to be that for me one day. And again, she's a lot of other things. Like I'm not saying she's only my deathbed companion, but it's like, man, uh, like I've thought about the fact I'm going to be 50 when she graduates, you know? So it's like, that's, I think of 50 as old at this point in my life and then when mm. i'm 50 i'll be like oh i don't know what i was talking about mm. i totally don't feel old and oh my back <laughs> uh but it's like i i'm i'm about to start something that 
doesn't really end, you know? Because, like, people have beginnings, but they don't have ends. So it's like, how can I make the most of that eternally and for the kingdom of God and for, you know, the, the church that she's hopefully one day going to be serving and blessing and the people and, you know, if God wills it a family, then, you know, how to how do I influence all of that for the better? I really want to be thinking large, you know, and uh, thinking long term. And uh, it's like, how can I set her up in the best way possible with all that? Because I, I, I think you're right. Like, you know, even parents who they get a lot of things wrong, sometimes the grace of God just like they wind up a well-adjusted kid anyway. Right. Um, and I think of all the things that my parents did that I'm not planning on doing, like mistakes that they made or just rules that they had that I'm like, yeah, that's kind of a bogus rule. I'm probably not going to do that. And it's like, okay, I turned out all right. So it's like, you know, I have my hand in it. You really just got to be praying and entrusting her to God. Yeah, I mean, those are some some weighty thoughts. Like, I can definitely <laughs> tell you that I've been in the same mindset and started long before. I mean, I remember when we were still doing life group at your place, and I told you know y'all that we were having a kid, and mm. and you know the the wheels started turning then around. I mean, one thing was like bringing bringing our child up a community and not being mm. isolated, but mm-hmm. there's just so many aspects of that, and I don't think it ever stops around the the planning as Miguel had said and you know thinking through these things and I think that's a good thing right it's Mm. it's it requires the the constant constant attention Mm. that we that we owe it to our to our children Mm. and you know for me that looks like a lot of weekly planning quarterly planning annual planning that i've been doing for the past couple of years mm. and focusing a lot on that and like goals like just kind of setting goals for where like things you want to do or yeah it's 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 goals you know what conversations i want to have how much time i'm spending with my kids and it's not not in a legalistic way mm-hmm. it's more just a heart check every week be like you know where was my mindset mm. this week and I, I just had that last week where i was like this last week you know work was a little bit busy and that that happens but there were times where i could have pushed things off until the next morning and i chose Mm. to not spend time with my family and get work done then Mm. Uh, so that was a something that i i made a priority for for this week and it's you know it's a continuous process Mm. with that and and again longer term things you know jessica or or we'll we'll find something in a book or on the internet it's like man we really want to implement this system Mm. with our kids but it's not time yet right Mm. Arlo's only two uh, and and putting that in in the framework of okay well maybe when we're we're five we start bringing up this topic and when we're seven we actually start implementing it and just brainstorming through all that and coming together with Jessica and I I mean like this is what we want our family to look like and what are the steps we take now and it's it's mind-boggling and it's 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 really Mm. scary and you, you talk about your interactions with your own father and I had a wonderful childhood love my dad and I think one of the one of the areas where I want to improve on much like you had mentioned is that fatherly wisdom I mean my dad was always there we were always doing stuff together he was in the trenches when it came to having fun and teaching me 
sports and and you know different tactical things but when it came to like wisdom for how to live your life in mm. the future um, that's something that I didn't really get a ton out of from my dad mm. beyond mm. what you would I guess you would say from your average dad like again I don't want to paint it in a bad light because he did teach me when I asked him questions he would answer but mm -hmm. it wasn't there wasn't much of an intentionality from that aspect. Mm -hmm. And again, I think it has a lot to do with the generational aspect where mm -hmm. my grandfather worked a ton. So my dad didn't get to spend mm -hmm. that much time with his dad. So I think my dad's priority was, all right, I'm going to be my son's best friend and I'm going to make mm -hmm. sure that that is a priority. And I just think part of that got lost and it wasn't until I was older until I even realized that that was something that could have been more. So now in this season, I'm thinking, all right, well, how do I counteract that with my own children? And I think a big part of that is seeking counsel from others mm -hmm. and, you know, who, who are my mentors in this area? And that's something that I'm working through right now. That'll, that's, a, I would say the season of life is trying to find the three or four people that as I have these questions about fatherhood. Who do I who do I go to? Not that I won't go to my own dad, of course I will, but I think there's more more to be found out there than mm. any one person could could give you. And learning from other people's experiences is way better than mm. failing at yeah. yourself. Yeah. So that's that's uh, that mindset probably won't ever change, and I think that's that's good. That's good. And it can be overwhelming too um, you know you'd mentioned miguel about controlling trying to you can't control the situation and you feel like you should be able to and i think a yeah. lot of that is just a result of living in the information age and it's just like kind of this mm -hmm. diy culture of you know if i want to be able to do something i can look up a video on the internet and figure out how to do it mm -hmm. and that's how i feel our first interactions with arlo were where it's like all right we did the research you know, these are the things that we're going to do to really make parenting work. And in the reality, they are their own people. Yeah. So you have to change. <laughs> you have to change the plans. Mm -hmm. You have to have your plans and you have to realize that you have that great influence of them. But the same exact tactics that might have worked mm -hmm. in the blog for X such and such a kid mm -hmm. might not work in your situation and you just have to, there's so much grace that you have to be able mm -hmm. to give yourself and your partner in that and just keep, keep trying, keep seeking mm -hmm. from wisdom from others, keep making those changes and, and then hopefully it'll turn out all right. I don't know. I'm only two years <laughs> into my journey. So yeah, I think, uh, you know, Travis was talking about how, you know, the, you know the, the the thought is like oh this the next 18 years but no it's it's the rest of mm -hmm. your life and I, I really do think that the transition from zero kids to one kid is probably the hardest transition mm. um one to two is a difficult one two to three is cake um <laughs> really the zone defense is oh, not I, that I, hard? I i fully believe it's so much easier okay mm. um just because like from and I'll get from zero to one in a second, but from one to two, you're both tackling the same kid at the same time, or you both get a, you know, like maybe one person gets a break and one person's watching the kid. When, when two uh -huh. are involved, that's when you really are turned on 24 seven. Mm -hmm. 
because now you're she's handling him but i gotta handle this other one yeah that or you know you're handling both of them and Mm. and you know like where one like maybe one naps and Mm. you know and then you have some time to yourself it's like if they're both napping at the same time you did something fantastic earlier (laughs) in the day you know yeah Um, don't count on that in the future you know Mm. um but i I really do think the transition from zero to one is a harder transition Mm. uh just because like suddenly the world becomes so much scarier Mm. where it's like yeah i can i can take a lot are up yeah Yeah. i can can take a lot like short of like falling off a building getting hit by a car or like a bullet or an aneurysm i can make it through (laughs) you know and it's like but but you're no longer like like yeah your antenna's up you're like Mm. all right like that spider let me like Mm. let me I could take the bite. Could it take the bite? Mm. You know, um, you know, or like, hey, I'm not gonna choke on nuts, but you know, mm. my kid can't have nuts right now, or who knows, my kid's never been exposed to nuts. Maybe they have an allergy. Mm. So like, all of a sudden, like everything that has been <clears throat> mundane that you've been like programmed to be like safe, I don't yeah. even need to put thought to it. Yeah, you're now reconsidering every single thing. Mm. Yeah. Um, so there's that and then just like like you said like this is the rest of your life like it's not a it's not a well we just have to get through this phase Mm. because then there's a phase after that and a phase yeah and i don't want to be wishing away years of my life because it's like oh i can't wait till she's 10 and we Mm. can read you know really chapters like chapter books together and it's like no i I don't want to be just kind of waiting out the next 10 years of my life between now and then it's like there there are cool things that you can be doing at every stage but that is something that i'm interested in finding out how we function because i feel like nicole is a lot more uh like high in trait neuroticism than i am and as far as like worry and everything i'm i am in the ditch on the other side of the road where it's like i i can be passive to a fault sometimes but what you said just reminded me of something i heard a comedian say about like he was uh you know he's grocery shopping and he had his daughter in the shopping cart or stroller or whatever it was and he got outside to the car and it was hot outside and he's like oh i don't want to put my baby in yet i want to you know turn on the car and let the ac (laughs) run for a while have you heard this no but i know where this is going (laughs) yeah it's like well he turns on the ac and then he's like you know loading the groceries and everything then he realizes the kid is like right at the exhaust and it's just being pummeled with all this carbon monoxide coming out of the car he's like here i think i'm father of the year and you know meanwhile i'm poisoning my child So, but yeah, it's just little things that, like you're saying, I'm, and especially like being a dude, it's like, I'll, I can walk outside at night alone and mm-hmm. like, I'm not worried about anything. Like I've gone with night, I've gone with Nicole for night walks before and she's just like, yeah, this is never something I would have done before. It's like just going outside at night for a stroll, like <laughs> close to an alleyway or something. It's like, yeah. you know, just never would have. Mm-hmm. And I, meanwhile, my college friends and I, like, we took alley shortcuts, like, the behind time. the Chinese restaurant to get to where we were going, uh, and we didn't think twice about it. And now it's like, now you got a baby, yep. and a baby's, like, the epitome of helplessness. Like, they can't even cry out for help, or they can't, mm. you know, articulate any of that stuff. So, mm. you know, it's trying to be uh, protective and without being, um, you know, it's like, especially as they grow, you don't want to coddle them or be over overly protective like you want to give them a good amount of leash so that they can explore and they can you know and so they can fall and skin their knees and learn that that's not the end of the world so, yeah it sounds I, like you guys will have a natural balance then 
Because that's, Jess, that's <laughs> Jessica and I. She's yeah. on the one end, and I'm on the totally opposite spectrum. And, mm. you know, sometimes I'll let him do stuff, and he will fall and hit his head. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Yeah. And other times, you know, we will prevent those situations mm-hmm. from happening. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's... Thanks. It's reassuring. <laughs> I hit my head a lot. As a this explains a lot. I, I find, like, the biggest challenge is bringing my kid under my wings. Um, like, when I'm doing things. Uh, you know, I told Travis earlier, uh, you know, like, uh, yesterday, I cleaned the garage. And so I, I purposely went out and I sought my eldest, who's five. And I was like, all right, put on your shoes, kiddo. Like, we're going to the garage because the other ones were napping and he wasn't. Um, and it's like, it would have just been so much faster for me to mm-hmm. go and do it on my own. Mm-hmm. And I would have been more at peace. Like, I would have put on a book and, like, I would have actually, like, enjoyed the process, you know. Instead of being with my kid no, and not like, enjoying it. No, but, like, it was I also like, hey, get out from under there. Like, mm-hmm. I told you to hand me this already, mm-hmm. you know. like, And not like, I mean, we, we did have a good time. But, you know, what I say, like, if I probably would have thrown on, like, a pair of headphones and an audiobook, I would have enjoyed myself. Mm. versus like this like i was working it's more and it, work yeah mm. you know it's putting in the effort with your kid exactly and so like and just being conscious of those opportunities where it's like everything is a teachable moment to someone who has little, little knowledge mm. you know yeah um and and then like and then just balancing that with like okay what needs to be done quickly and efficiently versus like what can we make into these teachable moments and bringing mm. them alongside or under my wing to, 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 you know, at least even just see, because mm. he wasn't much help. He did help a little bit, but hopefully, you know, the lesson was, Hey, sometimes we just go into a hot space and work because it's what needs to be done mm. or because we're doing it. I told him like, we're doing this for mommy. Like mommy mm. wanted the garage clean. Mommy has a lot of stuff to do. So, you know, we're giving mommy a break and we're doing this ourselves, you know, and, and like, you know, modeling even like what good parenthood is, what good fatherhood is, what good manhood is, mm-hmm. um, you know, and being prepared for the curveballs that go through that. Like my eldest is at the stage where he's like, oh, when I, when I marry Amelia, who's our daughter, who's our youngest. And it's like, well, like, you won't marry her, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you'll, you'll marry someone else, you mm-hmm. know, and, and they won't be a relative. Mm. Um, and so, like, this isn't Alabama. Right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, even like, all right, where, what's the age appropriate subject here, you know? And so mm. being like, well, no, Amelia is your sister. So she's already your family. You'll find yeah. somebody else who you want to make your family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, and so it's like, okay, that's the age appropriate message mm-hmm. versus like let me tell you what marriage is, mm. you know, and, like, let's get down to, you Breast know. Tax, yeah. um, and so, like, with that, just, again, like, you're, you're always, you're, you're always switched on, mm-hmm. you know, you're always aware of, like, what's being portrayed, what's being talked about, what's the message here, and, like, I remember um, when Turning Red came out, the, the uh. Uh, new Disney movie or Pixar movie, whatever it was, you know, so many parents were like, whoa, this is a completely inappropriate movie for my child. And so many other parents mm. were like, this is a totally fine movie. I don't mm. know what you're talking about. And it's just like, yeah, I think for some people, maybe for other people, 
it's fine. I think it, a lot of it's just what your child understands from it. Like, mm. my kid doesn't see a movie all about puberty. Mm. <laughs> my kid sees a movie about a kid turning into a giant panda. Mm-hmm. Or a red panda. Giant panda's a different thing. Um, you know, and a so... A giant red panda. A giant yeah. red panda. There, yeah. Fair. Um, you know, and just being like, okay, like, these are teachable, talkable moments. Yeah, don't watch it. About the movie? Is it like... Yeah, don't watch it. No, 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 that's that's what... It actually has to do with panda. Is it what you would think is a panda and it just... No, no, no. It's It's a red red panda, panda, but it is very large. large. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's like the size of a polar bear or something. Right, but it's a red panda and that's supposed to represent something, right? Yes. I... More so other things, but yeah. Okay. It was like, why didn't I just make a regular size... Like a regular panda, which is already big, but it's just red. And yeah, marketing. Is... Kung Fu Panda. It's already. <laughs> well, this is. Has a copyright. Tampon pandas. pandas yeah. <laughs> wow. Anyways. That's yeah, it, just... it really is remarkable how dumb kids are. Uh, like I, I teach, and You're I mean, ready I taught, to be a parent. I exactly. I taught, I taught sixth grade for two years, and I thought, like, man, these guys, <laughs> these guys are really dumb, right? Because it's like, you mean you're telling me like you've never heard of, you know, Shakespeare? Like you've never heard the the word Shakespeare? It's like not even in in fourth grade they never taught you, and it's like, well, I went to public school, whatever, and mm. it's like, wow. Like, that's crazy that you made it 11 years of your life and you never even heard. And now I teach high school and I'm still surprised at the things that they don't know. Not mm. just like, mm. oh, they've never heard of like bands mm. from the 80s or, or whatever. But it's like, which actually, I feel like they know a lot of that stuff. They know a lot of like 80s and 90s music and culture. Um, but just like concepts that they've never heard of. And I'm like, oh, right. Like, they're dumb because they're young and it's like they've they've never encountered someone who's taught them you know what this political principle is or this you know Mm -hmm. concept of like saving your money when it comes to teaching economics or or whatever it is and it's like Mm -hmm. man when you start off like kind of like what you were saying it's like i remember i remember some of the dumbest things i've ever said because i was so tiny and just being so self-conscious afterwards (laughs) yeah you know And, and a lot of them were about things you know especially like I never, I never got talked to about like sex and, and I mean, you know, marriage, you kind of piece together as you grow, but it's like, man, the, the idea that there's a stage in your life when you're like, oh yeah, my sister, AKA future wife, because right. that's how marriage works. And it's like, man, you can't fault them because just no one's taught them otherwise yet, but it's like, mm. okay, how do I, how do I navigate these waters and, and have the right conversation at the right time and not get ahead of myself? You know? But that also primes you and sets you up for, for the future, future conversation, so that you're not yeah. like oh like you, you know have you just to backtrack no like yeah. y- one day you'll marry someone that you like and it's like mm-hmm. oh well like i i really like you know my cousin I like or, mom or, or, or yeah. mom or my brother and it's like all right well no like hold on let's let's re like let's structure this differently like mm-hmm. you know so like being intentional so that you're making it easier hopefully yeah in the future like i think that's open i'm sorry i just want to say like you you'd probably sit them down and be like have you ever heard of the term milestone yeah that's that's an option <laughs> anyway i think one of the interesting because as travis is saying that is uh with with younger people in general not just children they don't know a lot they haven't exposed to a lot but the i think the the funniest thing with with relating to them is that they think that they do 
Yeah. I think that they do yeah. know a lot and they do all the, it was, it was they have a theory of everything. Everybody thinks they know a lot. Yeah. When we were chatting <laughs> about uh, things at uh, Roundtable yesterday, and it's like all the kids as they're like talking, giving answers, it's like, man, everything's so simple, straightforward, they know it. It's uh-huh. like there's no complexity to it. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, this teacher's talking about this, and I just think it's this, and it's so obvious, and the teacher doesn't know yeah. what they're talking about. And and I think I feel like that's part of the things that you're gonna train with your children is like maturity i feel like in some ways is realizing that you're dumb yeah and being like oh i'm not as smart as i think i am that there's a whole lot of world mm-hmm. out there and that i might be thinking too simplistic i love a teacher of mine that related it to and he was talking about like as you go deeper in um scholarly studies i mean maturity in general is you know when you don't know a lot of things and you have a if you draw a circle around and inside the circle are things you know about the the diameter of the of the thing of the circle that touches the things you don't know about is small, so you do you know you don't know a lot, but you also don't know that there's not a lot out there that you don't know about. Oh yeah, I get but it. as you I grow as saying. you grow and get more things, your circle gets bigger and that diameter gets bigger. So the reason why people who study more the and more frontiers of your knowledge tend to be more humble people who are like less apt to be like oh this is absolutely yeah. the truth, this is absolutely that, and they're more hesitant is because the more you learn and the more you know some of the, like um really even the smartest like biblical scholars will be hesitant to be like this is absolutely it mm. because there's a huge amount that they know that they're unaware of because mm. the more you learn about one concept the more you learn that there's like seven other things attached to it and each of those disciplines could go deeper and deeper and deeper and you realize oh it's it's there's a little bit more to life than just a equals b mm. um and while that might be true there's a lot more steps to get to that than just one to one and, and that's kind of what I was talking about, like, in, in setting up so that you have an easier time in the future. It's just, you know, and I see it a lot with, you know, my, my two older ones who are about to be six and, and four. Um, you know, like, well, that's not fair. And it's like, well, no, this is fair. And like, and, and then they'll, mm. they'll state some precedents yeah. that's happened. Before. Well, it's not fair because this happened and this is how this was carried out that yeah. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... If this were that's if if that situation yeah. is like this one, then this is what should happen. It's yeah. like, all right, so now Let's get we into have a different, nuance. Yeah, 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 like there's a different lesson here, and 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 and, and, unfo- and the for me specifically, like it's challenging because it's like sometimes these kids aren't equipped or developed, mm. um, their brain isn't developed to be able to handle that either. Mm. You know, it's it's that's true. You know, it, it's just like. They're, they're, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're wrong. You don't understand you're wrong, and you can't, you can't see how you are wrong. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like the, so we're just in in meltdown phase, mm-hmm. or we're in cranky phase, mm-hmm. or this is a conversation that like we have to tackle at a different time. Mm-hmm. And right now, uh, you know, we're just bearing through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so like, that's really why I say like it's so important to just know like it's okay to just survive Mm -hmm. or it's okay to just step away Mm -hmm. um temporarily um or you know like overnight at the longest yeah Yeah. you know or you you don't like your kids (laughs) it's like and 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 because it's it's overwhelming you feel overwhelming guilt in those moments where it's just like like having kids is the highest of highs and the lowest of lows sometimes at the same time you know mm-hmm. and it's just like you know I, I feel so guilty sometimes when I'm like you just threw a ball at my face intentionally because you were mad 
Mm. And I am so mad. Mm-hmm. But I need to step Do away. Do you realize how much larger I am than you? <laughs> yeah. And, I could and, end your life with a thought. And, and the thing is, like, I'm... I'm ready I'm, to be a dad. <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, I'm like you, where it's like, I definitely don't think that, um, you know, we should... Like, I, I'm okay with, you know, spanking if it's warranted, mm. you know? But I also know, like, with my middle one, a look is all it takes. Mm. That's know? what Nicole said for her. It's like her dad would give her a look or, like, even just say, like, don't or, like, that he, like, express disappointment and she would just break. Yeah. <laughs> like, just mm. crumble. Like, what have I done? I've let my dad it, down. I remember an incident with our eldest who is far too similar to me and is cursed by that. Um, so. Wow. Uh, I love you, Miguel. Oh, no. I like, just want you to know that. No, I. I He's he's cursed by being so similar to me and then thusly having to deal with me uh, because like because he was he was melting down at one point and so I spanked him and Mandy goes whoa so what she goes you just like you hit him hard huh. I said yeah I did mm. and like he reacted mm. and she's like I just don't agree with that I said I respect that and then he mm. continued and so I gave him another one softer this time and mm. <laughs> in in the most Miguel way that he that has ever existed, and I remember doing this when I was little. He goes, "Ha, that didn't hurt," and I'm oh, like, man. "I'm like, I st-, and like, and the let thing me is, teach you." And the thing is, no, like the thing, like I remember being a kid, and like I would get spanked, and I and like it would hurt, and I was like, but it was bearably painful, mm-hmm. and so I have not learned from that. Yeah, and so like it took unbearable pain. For mm. me to take note, yeah. and 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 I don't mean like one unbearable spanking, yeah, and then I was in line. Link. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. one unbearable spanking, and I was straightened for, for the moment. Yeah, and, I'm, and when I say the moment, I don't mean until this this yeah. tantrum was over. Yeah. I'm talking about like my behavior was corrected until I could compose myself. Yeah, and then I would continue again scheming. until it was you know and like. And I, I don't go that, I don't think I go that far with mm. Lucas. But, you know, like, I just, I, I, I told him, like, I told Amanda, I said, I understand that you think that. Mm. I also understand that while that hurt him. It needed it, to. It, it did not, uh, it affected him the way it needed to affect him without it being like, yeah. I've bloodied him or bruised him even, yeah. you know? And like, and it was just. I hate to say it was like the best moment, but like the second spank where he was like, ha, like, like he flinched. And then my eyes locked with my wife's. <laughs> yeah. No, and in like, that moment, she knew. Like, like he got it and like, and like he, he like winced and then like, like made dead eye contact. I was like, ha, that didn't hurt. Ha 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 ha. And I just oh, looked at her and I was like, you take over at this point. Like, son, let's go for a drive. And so like, to a hotel, you know, and, and, and those are the moments where it's like, man, like boy did yeah. i have a, a rage but it's just mm. like walk away mm-hmm. like you, like Oof. it's not nothing's yeah. gonna change walk away let things calm you know yeah. and just like they're not equipped they're not capable and, yeah and like and sometimes like you'll they'll do things that you'll be like oh no like is that the a bad habit of mine mm. that i've imparted or and it's just like you don't know, like, there's so much change that occurs 
Mm. Yeah. You know, it's just... There was a mom at our church talking about... So she had a boy first, and then she had twin girls. And there were, like, maybe six or seven years between them. And uh, she said, you know, with the boy, it's like I had to I had to smack him. I had to spank him. I had you know, take a belt to him. You know, I'd grab him. And, like, if he was getting into something he shouldn't have been, I'd just, you know, grab him by the wrist and, like, pull him, like, yank him out of the way and, like, drag him to, you know, back to the the car or like drag him out of church or whatever and uh uh anyway but then she said I had girls and like they would act up and I just remember the first time that I really like grabbed one of my girls by the wrist and like pulled her like I would have done my son and I realized oh like she's not the same as my Mm. son like I can't like she's way more delicate just you know part of that Mm. just by virtue of being a girl it's like Mm. if if I were to if I were to spank her as hard as I spank my son like I might you know, leave some bad bruises. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, just kind of knowing the difference between, you know, a a son and a daughter, or even just like a a boy of a different temperament or a girl of different temperaments. Like you're saying your, your oldest two are a boy and a boy. So it's like, you know, one is really defiant and then the other one, a look is enough, you know? And I'm, I, like I said, I'm praying, I am actually praying that like, you know, God would bless me (laughs) that our first would be like, pretty compliant and pretty eager to please just out of the box but uh again it's like you know i'll I'll have my my hopes and then i'll try to roll with whatever punches uh i wind up seeing but yeah yeah i think with kids like there's at times there's an illusion of control Mm. that's like oh like i do these things this way this will turn out like Mm. and and, and it's just it's the unfortunate it's an unfortunate lie that we tell ourselves because it's like because then, like, when things don't go that way, we get hard on ourselves or we get critical. And, and we don't account for, like, they're learning from us and they're around us a lot, but they're also observing other people, mm. you know? They're observing, you know, when you're going to the grocery store, you know, hey, you know, that person didn't hold the door open, you know, or that mm. person did hold the door open. And just, you know, so, again, just always having to be present and on top of it and... and trying to see the world even through their eyes sometimes where it's like hey that was really nice of that Mm. person like Mm -hmm. you know maybe they noticed it maybe they didn't but if they didn't notice it cool you've just pointed out a a, a good behavior or a bad behavior Mm. and if they did notice it you're reinforcing that you know um you know and i think you know my mom actually i think does a really good job of that like when she watches anything with the kids she's constantly i think they hear her more than they hear the show um Mm. that they're watching because she's constantly like oh that was a really nice thing or oh why do you think they did that or Mm. oh do you see how they did that thing and that affected someone else um and she's constantly on that That, that's something i really want to be intentional about cultivating is just like mindfulness type conversations where they're they're reflecting on the things that they're watching instead of just mindlessly you know absorbing whatever content that they're looking at like asking them uh follow-up questions asking them analysis or like comprehension questions even as they engage with that type of stuff because like man i've i've seen kids turn into zombies yep when they engage with any like you put any type of screen in front of them i was talking to a a couple of friends of ours a couple days ago and uh they have a daughter and they're very intentional like they try to not have screens be a part of their daughter's life and uh the their kid got hurt 
pretty seriously and like they had to go to the hospital and uh in order to calm her down they gave her the mom's phone with like elmo on it like an elmo video and they said she was just like zombified like just totally enthralled by that phone it's like and so she had she had knocked out one of her own teeth okay and like she's she's uh a year and a half Mm. and it's like so she should not be losing teeth yet at this point Mm -hmm. Mm. uh like she's getting them but she knocked out one of her own teeth like blood just you know they Mm. wound up going to the hospital all that and uh but then it's like as soon as they put that in front of her she just stopped crying and she was like enthralled by this god Mm. (laughs) called elmo in front of her and Mm. they were like man as much as i was happy that like she wasn't in pain anymore i was also really nervous because it's like she's never had this before i mean she's she's seen a television and like she's you know we've watched you know maybe uh like a a disney movie together watch lion king or something but it's like you know to have just this specific thing it's like it's elmo it's cocaine you know it's made specifically to hack the brain of a child and and to make them you know enthralled by it and it's like, man, I was really nervous for, you know, it's like I gave my daughter opium in order to help her, you know, not cry over her busted tooth. So, like, you know, I, I think don't... she'll be okay. What's that? I think she'll be okay. Yeah, ultimately, I, you know, I'm, we don't plan on being completely, you know, just there's, there's no screens, there's no um, any of that type of stuff with her. And it's like, we well, want, because... Ultimately, we don't want it to be, like, something that she's unfamiliar with and she doesn't know how to interface mm-hmm. with. Um, but at the same time, it's like, man, I I think I think the generation after us was the first generation where, like, a screen was a pacifier, you know? Like, oh. you'd hand your kid the iPad for them to play Fruit Ninja so that they would stop crying in the backseat, mm. you know? And this is, like, a, you know, year and a half old kid Mm. um so it's like striking that balance i think is going to wind up being Mm. an interesting conversation because i feel like nicole would be way more puritanical with that than i would like she she probably would go zero percent uh but i i just don't think that's realistic or it's i don't think it's necessary you know i I don't think it's also an age-based thing depending Mm. on how old they are um, I don't think it's practical. And that's coming yeah. from someone that, like, I want to be purit- puritanical about it. Mm. Um, like, I am very much like, hey, you earn your screen time, and your screen time mm. is like, you know, ABC Mouse, where, like, you're learning math and reading and stuff like mm. that. Um, but I, like, just seeing my kid in school, it's, like, they give them tablets to d- to take their tests. And yeah. He's in kindergarten. Yeah. You know? Um, it's, so it's just unfortunate, mm-hmm. but like, he, well, he does like... so much on mm. a computer or on a, on a screen now, yeah. schoolwork wise, and even like professionally, like that's thing, technology will change by the time they become professionals. But like, I think anybody with, you know, any type of past can look at, yeah. you know, them growing up and being like, oh, typewriters to yeah. tablets. Or even just like, like a change. A pen. Like, yeah. uh, you know, there's, there comes a point in a society where it's like, okay, we got to be teaching like a 
three-year-old how to hold a crayon in the same way that they're going to hold a pen later on and the shape of their hand and everything because this is a tool they're going to have to interact with for the rest of their life. And eventually iPads became that. It's like, look, touch screens are... You're going to be swiping and, yep. you know, tapping on thing on screens for the rest of your life. So we need to equip you with these skills, you know. Yeah, it's a pretty simple skill, make... though. So it's Touch. really, it's really <laughs> not much that you have to, to prep on that. Mm. I think there's a big difference between interfacing with the screen and just passively Watching, consuming yeah, content. Yeah. One does not have to have all of the negatives yeah. of the other. It's just they are very well connected, and yeah. once you introduce one, it's going to be harder to keep the other out. Yeah, and and they, they can both be really bad, or they can both be good as far as, like, you know, like Candy Crush. You know, you're swiping and tapping and everything, but, like, you are killing moments of your life that you will never get back, and you're getting nothing in exchange for them. So, yeah, but I'm just yeah, talking not, about it. Yeah, it's not to... a very complex you have to take a test on routine. a on a ipad i don't think that's gonna mm. one be difficult or two make mm. it so you can't interact with other people <sighs> but i think i could i can see though being, I don't know. being more sympathetic towards like the parents that uh do use that in the sense of like man they do how, use do use the technology as a passport because it's like man how hard is it going to be when like you know that this will stop your children, child from you know screaming and crying, mm. and you've been what like up for like two days, and you're and all the only thing that's keeping you from it is your decision that you don't want to hand the technology over to the kids. I'm like I can I'm not saying that I'm agreeing with her. I'm just saying like I can empathize with the man. You like have an off button with technology. Yeah, it's, it would be have it's going to be out. difficult to be. Because I think I would want to keep at least for the a, nuclear like option. a couple like the because the the de developmental stages you want. You know, but still, it's like, man, it's tough to know that you could, you could literally just stop a kid just mm. by giving them. So that's what, because with that story you're talking about, how the kid was just like zombified with it. It's like, man, I don't put it past uh, parents to do that. Like, like, I don't, I'm not trying to be like super judgmental to parents, parents that do that right or wrong, because I get the temptation. It's like right there, and in, in two seconds you could be like solved. Um. So I get why parents. In the, the more or less of like I get why parents in the past do that and why there was like hand back to the mm. kid as a pacifier. I did, I I see. Like I'm not a, I'm not a zero percent guy, but I seriously think that one of the most troubling things about that generation, like the generation that was the first one to just be handed, mm. you know, an iPad as a pacifier, it's like I see this. Like, do you guys know what the word ennui means? E-N-N-U-I is a French word and it it's like I I just I learned e it I learned it pretty recently that's it E-N-N-U-I is yeah and it, it it's like the perfect word I feel like for describing and even parts of our generation but certainly the generation afterwards where it's like just low energy nothing interests them nothing excites them hmm. and it's because they're like plugged in to this stimulus response machine called TikTok like for hours a day just with these short videos mm -hmm. it's like you know they'll like them like you mm. watch them watch these videos and there's no expression on their face they're on their face they're just like you know plugged into it 
And then you try to interact with some of these people, not all of them, but you try to interact with some of these people apart from that. And it's like they have no hobbies. They have, Nothing gets them excited or they're not passionate about anything. And it's like, man, I, I don't know how much of a correlation there is between like developing that relationship at a young age that this is a thing to distract me. This is a thing to to focus on and, and to pacify myself and to to stimulate my um, desire for novel content whenever I want, you know, because there's, there's no limit to the amount of novel content that there is. Um, it's just a matter of, like, when, when do I want it? And I just turn on the distraction machine and I have something to keep me occupied, but not learning. Not, I mean, like, you guys have heard of maybe the things that uh, TikTok does in China, like the things that the Chinese government does to TikTok, where it's like every other video has to be something educational. So mm -hmm. they'll learn about a Chinese philosopher, or they'll mm -hmm. learn how to write a Chinese character or something. And it's like, you know, maybe that's only a 10 second video, and then it's a 30 second video of some stupid dance. But it's like, okay, you just took a quarter of that kid's TikTok time and turned it into they're learning something you know, uh, art appreciation or cultural, like Chinese cultural appreciation. Mm -hmm. And then the version that they're propagating in the United States is like specifically dumbing people down. And it's mm -hmm. like, you know, it, it's killing, it, it's like what porn does to a, to a person's sex drive, where it's like you just give them unlimited access to like all of the stimulus that they could want. And then it just kills the reality for them. And it does the same thing like with, with social interaction I think it does the same thing with trying to find and interact with beauty mm. and interact with, like, not just visually beautiful things, but, like, beautiful stories, beautiful uh, realities. And uh, just I that word, mm. I think, is so perfect because it, it's talking about, like, how they're just adrift. Like, mm. it, it's a generation that's just adrift, and they're, they're so many of them are not locked into anything. Mm. Um and because of that, like, stim um, stimulus of novel. Yeah, it's like, it, they've never, they don't know what it's like to be bored. I'm not, like, glorifying the idea of being bored. I'm not trying to put our our childhood on a pedestal. But it's like, they don't know um, what it's like to not have something to put in front of them in that moment that would distract them sufficiently that they wouldn't feel bored, mm. you know? And, uh, and not I, only just a distraction, but a distraction that keeps you distracted because it is changing every five to ten yeah. seconds. Oh my goodness! Or that's I, specifically I, tailored to them and their preferences. Correct. Yeah, it's like the algorithm learns what they what they want. I, I was at a restaurant. Um, I think I might have talked about this on the podcast. I was at a restaurant a couple months ago. Uh, it was that um, walk on. Oh yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, walk ons, and it's like one of the TVs was set to this channel, and the channel. The chat was i i don't know if that's what it was called but it was like it, it's almost like what vines were or what tiktok is where it's like mm -hmm. it was just Probably. a seven a second video of a guy falling off of a bicycle and then a seven second video of a cute cat and then a seven second video of a group of kids doing a dance and then it said and it was just like on loop and i'm like oh my goodness there's like no continuity it's like if you wanted to train a person for like there's there's words in child psychology for like the things you want to instill like object permanence mm -hmm. right it's like here's the cup the cup has been on the table the whole time and you know it's it's there and then it's like okay no we're just going to switch the visual thing in front of you every seven mm -hmm. seconds and then the other one is like uh 
it's something to do with plot. It's like a, I forget what it is, but it's like the idea that things have story. And it's like, man, even if you're watching a stupid 11 minute cartoon, like an episode of SpongeBob or whatever, it's like, there's at least a story that requires you to follow a narrative for 11 minutes instead of just like, well, here's, here's a guy blowing the world's largest bubble. And then here's a guy falling off a skateboard and here's a guy skydiving. And here's, it's, it's, oh my goodness. Like it's, it's maddening. And I'm like, I, I really do think if you wanted to ruin the mental capacity of a generation, I don't think you could come up with anything better. Well, you know? I don't know about that. Well, maybe like lobotomies are pretty If you wanted to do it without effective. drugs or something physically that would interacting cause with an the brain, incredible uproar, <laughs> a something that's subtle. Yeah, exactly. Probably the best subtle way. Exactly. I mean, it's very much the, you know, slowly turning yeah. up the fire. Yeah, like lobotomies cause cultural outrage. Like people would be, oh, that's horrific. But then it's like, this was just on display in a, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and it's not vulgar. It's not anything grotesque or, or sexually explicit or anything. But it's just like, I, I literally thought of the word just mind numbing. It yeah. takes your mind and it numbs it to new stimuli. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that, that worries me the most about that out of anything is the is we're already like generations back we're already really we're getting really bad at reading context and mm. getting into how things are contextually formatted mm-hmm. and formatted instead of just like bullet point bullet point bullet point and this like anytime i've watched those videos where it's you know that short like 10 second 15 second clip and then you're like always like an argument or something or like uh-huh. somebody's arguing with like, you know, the whole like this situation happens, there's a big fight and they're going back and forth. They cut it like like minutes into what what the fight, how the fight started. So you don't yeah. know what you yeah. don't know what's going on. Like there's like no explanation it's just... like who these people are, who what what person's upset, what person's defending. And then it stops before the story ends. And it's yeah. and like every time I go see those videos, like I've seen a couple of those. I always want to go to the comment section and like maybe someone knows what yeah what, what got more, said like what, what, what this yeah. even is because it's just the two people like yeah, yelling the conclusion and it's just funny, the climax of every movie yeah. stitched together like one right yeah. after the other but not even a climax because it stops before the end like it's yeah. it just is like well, it's starting to escalate and then it stops which is sure. the weirdest thing to me it's like why did you cut it there yeah but what's funny is like I go to the comment section on that that's see, the interesting part to see like what if they have any more but what and then there's those comment upon comment of like what's happening here who is this like yeah. what is like yeah it's so like so you guys don't understand this either so yeah. what's the entertainment there like what what are we focusing it's random on? yeah yeah it's no but no no, no. It's, right past it that's it's what i'm purpose. saying yeah that's what i'm saying is the entertainment is that it's just it's just it is taken out of context on purpose yeah yeah but i don't i'm not necessarily worried about that because i think that's just a, it's actually kind of creative i don't think it's I don't get it. I'm not of that generation. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not too worried about that stuff. And also, there are a lot of things that I, I think, well, I'm not going to say are educational, but do have context. That, I mean, media, movies. Movies uh, are not going anywhere. People are still watching movies. I mean, I like that's them. That's true. But I, 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 I can criticize and say that the level of storytelling and whatnot is getting, uh, you can say in one sense, getting dumber. But I think that, <laughs> okay. I think the general population, and that's just going to be a subjective term, I guess, but they've never been smart. And I think you always have your outliers that usually find a way. I'm just waiting for Eric to use the word sheeple. 
I don't want to use the word sheeple, but that's just... If your mind is created in such a way where it needs more stimulus or stimuli, um, and it's not getting it through these videos, it will find a way. Hmm. Uh, life finds a way. <laughs> there you go. But do you uh, need the stimulus? Oh, we've always needed the st uh, stimulus or stimuli. Nobody lives a boring life. You know, I just think that what... Nobody lives a boring life. No one in history? Yeah. I, I mean, you could say... I mean, it's like... There was a time when it's like, you know, you would be plowing a field for 12 hours a day. And, I mean, you would sing. You would find a way to entertain yourself. But it's yeah. like, as far as exterior stimulus to, to be the thing that's... Plowing is exterior. I mean, you have to well, work. Well, you're, yeah, you're engaged with a task yeah. rather than, like, I, I think the Passively worrying thing is, like, engaging. I'm sitting on my sofa, like, I am so, it's like I'm not even a body right now. I'm just a set of eyes connected to a brain and also connected to this phone. Yeah. And my body might as well be melded into the couch yeah. because it's so, like, I, I'm so divorced from my physical body. Yeah. And uh, I think... Singing, face-to-face uh, -face interactions with people, plowing, like, you know, uh, just sitting around a fire at the end of the night and telling, you know, cultural uh, stories about Gilgamesh or whatever. It's like, those, yeah. I get that, like, people weren't bored and they found ways to entertain themselves, but it's like that inventiveness of having to conjure a story, remember mm -hmm. it, tell it, communicate it in an in a, um, interesting way. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a skill. Whereas, man, it like, I'll hear students discuss a show that they're all watching and it's like they're not e at no point does anyone utter a complete sentence right it's like they just say a thing that references a thing that happened and then that cue leads them all oh yeah that was crazy and then this other part of that oh yeah and it, it mm -hmm. it's scary uh and here's the thing i was probably really dumb and i was probably doing the same thing with my friends about dragon ball z in seventh grade or yeah, whatever yeah. Um, but it's like, I, I get what you're saying. It's like, yeah. you know, I, I don't want to be overly alarmist because on the other hand, movies are getting longer and like you watch Dune or you watch the Batman or, or like, you know, people listen to podcasts that are hours long, right, 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 you yeah. know? So it's like people are interested in following a long line of argumentation or thought or communication. Yeah. Uh, and it's, maybe it's just that we have more incredibly short-term uh, content, and then we have more long-term content, mm -hmm. so it's like, we've filtered out the middle. I think well, the main thing is novel content. Yeah. We have more novel content than anyone in history yeah. has ever experienced. I think what you're talking about is just extremes that yeah. are increasing. In, yeah. And it's, um, uh, what am I trying to say? Extremity? No, no, no. And it's, uh, I don't, I'm, I want to keep saying consistently, but that's not what Polarity. I want to say. And it's, uh, how many times it happens. What frequency. Frequency. Okay. I think the, the the extreme, like the in the events, those those extreme extremities happen. I guess, right? Yeah. Uh, the frequency is is uh, going up, and I think that there will be a balance. I think something will collapse it, uh, mm -hmm. and it might be a kind of a violent thing, but uh, it's not collapse. In meaning what? Like nuclear war. Well, there's a nature that humanity has that technology what it's doing is it's kind of like not necessarily supplementing but it it's it's like going alongside of humanity right 
But as soon as it starts to surpass our nature, then I think it starts, it will, it will start to collapse because it doesn't make sense anymore. It's not, we'll stop caring about it. Yeah. Or we'll see it's negativity, you know? Um, I mean, you could go kind of sci-fi about it and say it'll turn on us. Maybe who knows, but I don't, I don't believe in little Skynet and everything. But anyways, uh, I, I just think that right you mean now like smoking, maybe smoking. Yeah, I mean, it's something that everybody did, and then they saw the negative health effects, and then all of a sudden people turned away from it. I wouldn't call it a technology. Uh, many people turned away. And also, we live in Florida. Like, yeah. I th- I'm talking about general trends here. I'm not yeah. talking about yeah, specific no, instances. Well, I think just people smoke Florida different things now. That's an argument for more people you know, smoking? No, a lot fewer people smoke in I'm Florida than in referring to cigarettes, and cigarettes. specifically. Yeah, oh, and, yeah. but I, I, I think that... But and that's yeah. I'm not really gonna argue that, but I do think that trends come and go. Mm-hmm. But well, I'm I'm trying to make your point. Yeah, well, <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't use you uh, see you see the negativity. Yeah, and that causes a reversal. And there are there is you you can find places where you know it's not very technologically friendly, and it's more about being you know in touch with nature and mm-hmm. a sense of spirituality or whatnot. Where the Amish. You know, well, no, I was. I know, that's I was, not who you were thinking about. <laughs> you said that was in like the Amish. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I think that it'll it'll correct itself. Mm. I think that a lot of things are going to correct itself. It's just scary how we're getting to where we're getting mm-hmm. faster and faster. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I was just reading how scientists de-aged, like successfully de-aged, uh, um, the cells of a fifty-three-year-old woman. Mm. Uh, by 20, 30 years, hmm. and like they're starting to understand how to reconstruct cells, which is nothing new, but they're getting mm-hmm. better at it. So it's like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of scary things out there, but um, maybe being, if it is possible, living 200, 300 years, people will realize it's not really worth it. I, I'm a human being, I'm not really supposed to live that long, mm. you know. So, but I mean, yeah, I, I think there are definitely negative things about this generation. And if you're a parent, you have to worry about, mm. uh, there's, but there's, what I was just trying to say is like, there's always been mm. negative things to worry about. Yeah. Uh, this is obviously like you're in uncharted territory just because the nature of technology, the yeah. nature of novel. Mm-hmm. So, but, you, I, but I also think there's been. And I'm, I'm sorry to have cut you off on that, mm-hmm. um, but I just like I think there's been a lot of panic and un, unnecessary panic over technology and, and all that stuff too. Like, like I mean, like I, I mean, there's the satanic panic. There is the panic over rock music. Pokemon panic. Po- I was about to say Pokemon, Harry Potter, like. Like, and, and some of this stuff isn't new technology, but some of this is uh, the new use or implementation or new ideas. And it's just like, I think that's a, I think the pendulum's swinging in the, you know, too far in, in a direction. Um, you know, because I, I, I really do think that, like, those panics were unfounded and ultimately um, well, grew into nothing. I think mm. you can make an argument that those things that you're talking about frame the groundwork to the other things that you were talking about that are worrisome. So I think time will tell exactly where the pendulum swung too far and where it didn't. Mm. You know, I, I just, we're in uncharted territory. I mean, mm. we're, we're living 
very different lives that you know like the relevance to lives lived in the past thousands of years a thousand years mm-hmm. you know it's like i don't well, you're talking about plowing a field mm-hmm. yeah you know i mean mm-hmm. does, do, how many people know what a plow is yeah yeah you know, so it's like well it would be simpler if you know you taught your son to plow a field because your dad taught you to plow a field and, and his dad field. yeah now, and for crazy untold generations right. like i was listening yeah. to a, a guy talking about how the life of the average neolithic farmer and the average french like 19th century peasant farmer were not incredibly different from wow. each other i mean you know access to a better uh like they're living in a more structured society and more like gunpowder exists and all that kind of but their individual life was so similar it's like drag the plow yeah sow the seed yeah you know pull the sickle bring in the sheaves repeat you know mm-hmm. I think, uh i think what eric does bring up that's really good is that every generation in human history has had a challenge to face has had mm. uh something to hand over to the next generation or some thing that they have never faced before because they're you know mm. things are constantly changing i think for us the big problem is or that we're faced with is the novel and the rapidness mm. of how technology advances yeah. that's something that we have to deal with whereas back at they had there was different issues like back disease then. but i think warfare. the i think the, the fascinating thing is like mm. And every generation has looked upon the next and said, like, oh, this is worrying. Oh, this is not a good thing. So there was a, I, was, I think it was, a, I can't think of the exact time BC, but there was a, like a Greek writer, Greek philosopher that was talking about how uh, the younger generation, the ancient times, the younger <coughs> generation is, has such a tiny attention span and they don't remember things as good as the older generation. So it's yeah. like that process of the older looking being like, oh, you guys are terrible has been going on for yeah. a long time. But I think there's, I think there's a, not necessarily a negative to that because there should be where the older generation is trying to help the younger mm. and the younger is trying to work with the older. It shouldn't be yeah. odds, but there is a level to which it's like, well, these are the challenges we're all facing together because we're on the planet at this moment. Like we're mm. on the planet post nuclear technology, so we have mm. that question to face, whereas no one before had to have that question to face. The the problem, the challenge, really throughout all time between the older generation and the younger generation is that the older generations, their context is going away day by day. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the newer one, they're mm-hmm. going into it. And then, you know, eventually you go over the hill kind of mm-hmm. thing, but like we're losing our context. There's yeah. people that were in our lives that are no longer in our lives and mm-hmm. things that no longer have any like meaning. Yeah. Globalism changes things like, you know, mm. Oh, I'm living in an Armenian community, Armenian community but like in los angeles or i'm living in a somalian community in detroit yeah or it's just like people people are um people and cultures and and groups are removed from uh their their homelands they're removed they're displaced by famines they're displaced by you know wars and things like that and it that's not new like famines and wars aren't new but having somewhere to go instead of just being exterminated, yeah. like, that's actually relatively new. Like, the Armenians being able to go across the planet and uh, escape the genocide and go to L.A. or whatever. It's like they, the idea that you could afford to leave, and it wasn't just that you were fleeing into barren wasteland. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a new... And so we're, we're dealing with the, the ramifications of that. So, it's 
interesting, interesting time. Yeah, I, I think you're right that every generation, like, has their new struggle and new thing they that they have to contend with. And I, I think that one of the hardest things about, like, I'm not going to say it's new with this generation. I think the Generation X had to deal with it. I guess I'm a millennial, and my, I know my generation had to deal with it. But it's like being like struggling with purposelessness, like being told that objectively your life doesn't matter. Um, and it's like, uh, oh man, there's there's a great like a web cartoon or whatever that that went up a little while ago, and it was talking about like uh, I was it's like I was fine with you know the public school teaching that. My child has no purpose in life and, you know, basically nothing that they do is ever going to matter because one day the sun's going to explode and kill ev them and everyone that they loved and, and, you know, humanity's doomed. I was fine with all that. But, like, a guy swimming on the girls' uh, <laughs> swim team, it's oh. like, this is where I draw the line. It's like, mm. okay, like, you know, I, I have so many problems going way, way back. It's like, look, you have a generation being taught, like, I, I know they're not, like, taught not to believe in God or whatever, but it's like their their curriculum that pretty much the whole nation is put through is a godless curriculum as far as like it doesn't acknowledge any creator, it doesn't acknowledge any purpose. So it's like, okay, uh here's here's how to here's your times tables and like, I don't know, go find something that you enjoy doing, like like cooking or or weightlifting or whatever and try not to kill yourself or anyone else and then just like wait out the rest of your eventually life you're and eventually you're going to die and it's like man what do you do when there's no narrative to unite your life to a greater story a greater purpose it's like what what does that do to a generation i think we're we're seeing it like i said even in the generation before ours our own generation so many people that i grew up with and i'm guessing you guys would have similar stories of people that you grew up with who just like their life is now it's basically hedonism you know it's like a soft hedonism it's like okay well i'm just going to do the things that i enjoy and then i have no anticipation that my life is a part of anything greater and i think everyone's just trying to distract themselves from death anxiety and then eventually you die um and that's like you know being being a christian it's like you know one of the I, I want to make sure that I'm instilling in my daughter the same thing that I'm really trying to instill in my students now and the the kids at our church, which is like, look, you you are a citizen of a kingdom that is going forth and conquering the entire world. You know, it's like you're you're a citizen of the kingdom of God that is that is advancing and moving forward and is bringing light into places that are consumed by evil. And it's like if like what. What purpose could you hope for that's more substantial than that? You know, uh, like you, you actually, it's your job to go out and kill evil, you know, and by, by bringing light and hope and truth to the world. And uh, I, man, don't get me wrong. It must have sucked growing up, you know, when the, the problem was the nuclear problem, like, <laughs> And you know it still is, as we're we're definitely seeing uh, that that problem hasn't gone away. It's just you know chilled out, I guess, or it's been hiding for thirty years or so. Um, but man, it's like in in other times, if you have you know our problem is the Nazis, our problem is 
uh, you know, think of like abolitionist movements, like our problem is slavery, our problem is, um, you know, whatever it is, like this is our problem, this is our mission, this is our, my life needs to be given to solving this problem. It's like, okay, what do you do when either you feel as a society that you've run out of serious problems, or you're told like, look, the ultimate problem is one you're never going to solve, and that's the problem of the fact that there's no meaning to anything. And uh, it's like that that's the main thing that I want to try to guard my daughter against is mm -hmm. the concept of nihilism, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, I, honestly, like, it's very hopeful because I think that's the one that I stand the best chance of guarding her against. Like, I'm not going to, there's going to come a time when, like, she's probably on her phone more than I want her to be. And there's going to come a time when, you know, she thinks about music in ways that I wish she didn't think about it. But it's like, man, if I can make sure that I'm constantly communicating to her, not just in words, but like in the way that I live my life, that like we are combatants in a kingdom, like we're engaged in a, in a war and we're winning, you know, like we're actually on the winning side and we get to, you know, lavish ourselves in the, in the joy of the victory of King Jesus. It's like that is what, what more could I want, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, like, tell me. What you know, more like, could you want? Like licorice jelly beans. Uh, you I know. love licorice jelly beans. Oh, thank that you. That would not thank have to deal with TikTok. <laughs> not having to deal with TikTok. Well, I, I want my daughter to not know that phones exist until she's at least, like, 25. We may not need phones when she's 25. That's true, because so. we'll just be hyperlinked. Yeah, I we'll, don't know. Uh, Elon Musk will have all of our brains uploaded yeah. to the... To the, I don't know, what currency will he have invented that's powered by human cognition? I mean, he's, he's pretty invested in Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Is he still? Because I know he, he, he discontinued the policy of being able to buy a Tesla with Bitcoin. Good while ago. He, he still had a good fair... I'm sure he still has some. I feel like but... he's just having fun. Yeah. With a lot of that stuff, I feel like he's just like... Yeah. Not trolling, but just having fun he's with people. Fun. To buy you know, 10% just, uh, of Twitter. Like he made his inventions, and then and I was just like, not be on the board. No, that's not. He he said he wasn't going to be on the board. That he, but they offered him a board position, and he took it. it is this like new news? Like uh, it, it happened. It happened the day. Hours or something? It happened the day after he bought his uh, percentage of Twitter stock. Well, he bought the stock a week ago. Yeah, and last so, Monday. And so it was. It was either the next day or the day after that. They offered him, uh, like a... A board position, a, 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 yeah. Yeah, and, and he, he accepted it. I, he, okay, I thought that the newest new news was that he turned that down. Like, he officially said he wasn't going... But I don't know. So I'm not, I don't claim I, to be... I a, haven't heard anything after him yeah. accepting. Maybe he'll just send a proxy. But... <laughs> one of his clones. Yeah, <laughs> a robot. One of his robots. Which, did you know, is Slavic for Slav? I mean, yeah. Slave? Yeah. Um, mm. Well, uh, licorice jelly beans though are really, really good. Okay, no, let's not spread they're, false information. They're objective. I take. I don't want to grow up to be you if that means eating black. If you don't, jelly if you don't like it, that's okay. But you can't say that they themselves are a bad black thing. They're a good green. thing. Black licorice. I also like black coffee. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. Or just take it one day at a time with your daughter. Okay. Yeah. Because you're gonna have to deal with technology and how we're all becoming cyborgs. And then you're going to have to deal with the fact that she's not going to like black licorice. 
because she's born with normal taste buds. You know, just... right? I was gonna say, like, the overwhelming majority of human history would argue against not liking licorice being the normal taste bud. Against it's... not liking it be the, being the normal. Hang on, I got some negatives to cancel out. Yeah, <laughs> they would argue for it being normal. Normal. Yeah. Oh. What percentage liking, of liking... human history had black licorice? Well, I was gonna um, say, no I think you're thinking of from. like the 1910s to the 1930s. You know, licorice was in Tut's tomb, right? Yeah. Okay. That's cool. True. Just making sure. Yeah. Not like the not like the like licorice gummy, but licorice as a flavor has yeah. been around for a long time. <laughs> That's the well, problem. I mean, they used the gummy. to use <laughs> elephant poop and makeup, and they had <laughs> slaves. They're terrible people. You know what? Case closed. Human history. Let's kidding. let's go through. Like let's just, yeah. Human just, history. What a bummer. <laughs> I would say the one thing that we definitely objectively uh, done better as we progress is abolishing sweets. slavery oh. oh well yes but no sweets More i feel like our sweets are getting better because i don't understand how candy corn guy. it's trash which, yeah how is that ever passable candy corn's really good so oh, oh, my God. name a candy that you, that you and i like that agree agree on so i feel like Snickers. this is like we're uh, very different no uh fruit by the foot that's good okay done that was a great first one to jump. <laughs> Name a candy. Fruit by the foot. I don't, you know, it's weird that I don't think of fruit by the foot as candy. Really? Like, That's I don't just think, a snack. I don't That's put a it fruit in the, snack. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a healthy... That's, That's a serving of fruit. Yeah. <laughs> That's a serving of fruit. That's a fruit snack. Okay. That's a fruit or vegetable. Like it falls into that category. I straight face right. argue that with Nicole. Like, fruit by the foot. It's fruits in the name. It's a full serving of fruit. But how many school buses is it? <laughs> Fruit by the .04 school bus. Oh my goodness! Fruit <laughs> yeah. really? consider that. I would not. I would not have considered it as candy. I mean, as a you child, are right. It sure. is candy, but I just yeah. I think of it as like, oh yeah. What do I have in my eighth grade lunchbox? <laughs> I got a hot pocket. I got a bag of Funyuns. <laughs> I got a zebra cake, and I got a fruit by the foot. Yeah. You know, the zebra cake is the dessert. Wow. Yep. That's the fruit dessert by the foot of is a side. Oh. <laughs> it's a side dish. It is. You know, like so you could great. have like a side of broccoli or steamed yeah. veggies or, or fruit by the, the foot. foot. Gushers, Did you fruit by the side, side roll-ups, all sides. Uh, my mom would ask me like, do you want me to change things? But I always had the same thing. So it was it was a Hot Pocket. Did it was you funny. have a microwave? Wait, I was saying, wait, what? You just had a lukewarm Hot Pocket that thawed out for the day? I did have a microwave at my school. Uh, so Hot Pocket, Funyuns, Zebra Cake, Capri Sun. That was my lunch every day of high school. But that's what I'm saying, like, well, I mean, that maybe sounds since like high school, the... That and sounds you know, like lunch of an outside And it's super impressive that you grew up to stay off Yes. Hang on, hang on, hang on. What kind of Hot Pocket? Pepperoni pizza. Is oh. That, if that's the right answer. Yeah. That is. Or the meatball one. I was going to say the meatball one's pretty good, too. Yeah, I don't know. Anything else? tasty. I don't know. I haven't had ham and cheese. I can't do the ham. The texture of the ham is weird for me. We're going to talk about quality of food in a Hot Pocket right now? Yeah. Not quality. It's just like the texture. It's just chewy. I liked it. And then you had all that gooey cheese. Ew. It's like almost Didn't they all have cheese? cheese? I thought the Philly cheese. Well, like the cheddar melted. I didn't like that. I would eat any kind of Hot Pocket. I tried the like taco one. It wasn't bad. They came out with like a special. They, it was like a specialty flavor, like beef taco. taco. It wasn't until it was a college beef taco. I realized that it was a bad pocket? decision to eat hot pockets. So a beef taco hot pocket. I thought so. They, they that, had it for a little bit. That's just an empanada. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, <laughs> a hot pocket is an empanada. Be, a beef taco never... hot pocket. 
Yeah, true. Yeah, well, I was the, like, the how have I never thought of this? Pepperoni before? pizza, you just need to tell everybody, I'm having a This calzone. is my culture. <laughs> yeah. What's that? It's the hot pocket now. that you were having every day at lunch. You should have been like, to your friends, I'm having my calzone for the day. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's calzone. Yeah. Don't mess with or my culture. Or I guess it's more man. like, um, what is Zebra it? Cakes. Stromboli? Stromboli. It's more like stromboli. Mm. Let's ask the Italian. Say calzone. 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 Yeah, calzone. I think it's Italian. That's like, <laughs> I feel like Italian is like on par with like Arab. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> this like, guy's an Arab over yeah, here. Yeah, it just sounds bad. Uh, hmm. What do you think? I would say it's Italian. not quite as bad. I would, I would be much more comfortable saying Italian. Oh, really? Yes. You um, remember back in 2001 when everybody started <laughs> to pay attention to the Middle East and everyone started saying Iraq instead of Iraq? Yeah. Right? I feel like that's what's happening now with Kiev. Yep, I'm saying Kiev. It's like, I've always said Kiev, and then people are like, oh, Kiev. Like, oh, did you hear about what's going on in Kiev? It's like, oh, are we saying it that way now? Did it change its name? No. No, it's, I feel like it's always technically been Kiev. We were always pronouncing it wrong. But it's this, like, with Iraq, okay, you know what? No way. It's been, it's been 20 years. I was pronouncing a foreign country city wrong? No, no, no. They They were pronouncing it wrong. The war happened, and the the reporter's like, uh, so how do I get to Kiev? And they're like, it's. You mean Kiev? And they're like, oh my gosh. Wow. This just in. <laughs> Breaking story. I, uh, <laughs> this is the first it's, part. It's been 20 years and seven failed wars, and I'm back to saying Iraq. I say really? Iraq. Yeah. And I'll say like, oh, have you been to Iraq lately? Like I say Iraq. I say the capital of Iraq. people are saying it. If the vibe is Iraq, I'll say Iraq. Uh, what a cosmopolitan. Yeah. However it comes out, it comes out. Yeah. Well, because there's no... Iraqis or Iraqis? Iraqis. Iraqis? I don't know. But they're not here to correct me. Iraqi and Bullwinkle. <laughs> <laughs> New idea for a comic strip. Uh, <laughs> do you know the B-52s, the band? Yeah. yeah. Okay, you know the, there's a song called The Rock Lobster? Yeah. <laughs> I know. The oh, family guy could be a rock lobster. Oh, no. <laughs> It made me laugh so much because it's a it's a lobster <laughs> dancing <laughs> with a turban. <laughs> it's like, How sophisticated! Yeah, it's like, it that's is all not. It, takes that to, it is like not sophisticated, but it is exactly what a rock lobster should be. And it's like it's Middle so, Eastern sounding the way Peter's singing. I'm like, I really appreciate that. I like how it's yeah. taken out Daniel over here. Oh my god, Dan- Daniel so and I get it. He's like crying. It was it was clever. Sometimes the simplest things 14 are... minutes of... Mm, I'll have to edit, like, all of this out. There you go. For cultural sensitivity. Mm. Okie dokie. See you later, guys.